Messiest shit you ever heard. I could trash your lip, mutate ya. You might lose your wife. You, I might destroy your wife. Maybe I had things you wouldn't want. Wait, wait. I'm sorry to interrupt this, but destroy your wife. Destroy your wife. Can okay. I? Yeah. Sorry. You're interrupting Sensei Seagal. Spread a. Uh, I'm gonna do the last line there. Maybe I had things you wouldn't want. I, what is that like? <laughs> okay, I gotta break my own concentration here. What is that? Spread a rumor, and I ruin your job and your life. You wouldn't have a sense of humor, jealousy, treachery. I got. I says <laughs> first of all, Zen Master Seagal doesn't have an ounce of jealousy in his body, so he's writing this song from another person's perspective who's jealous of him. <laughs> the Punani Master himself. Right. I mean, treachery. It's all these people are out to get him. They're all out to get him. I mean, he is a blues legend. He grew up in Detroit, Lansing. On the streets and mean streets of Detroit. That's where he learned all his blues all licks. All his blues licks. And, man, they're at full exposure in that song. I, I wanted to read out those lyrics because I knew the lyrics going into it. And when I listened to it, I was like, that doesn't stand out enough. I got to make sure people get these lyrics. My throat hurts. Sorry. <clears throat> but we all enjoyed that. It was something. It's definitely um, something. Yeah, it's... Uh... Griff, I don't know what it is. I, I, I liked it. I would love, because I'm jealousy and treachery, too. I would like to think it's about us, but yeah. every time we do a Steven Seagal movie, we get a huge groundswell of support on Twitter. I don't know. if I, I'm, I'm jealous, so I want to believe it's us, but it's probably more Seagal. People just love Seagal. He is the human pinata. People love to see his dumb face. Like we, I hate to admit this, we need Stephen Skull in this world. He is Stephen Wiseau. Definitely, we Stephen we definitely Wiseau. need him more than he needs us. He is Tommy Wiseau, but he still thinks like Tommy Wiseau thinks that he gets it now. Yeah, Stephen Seagal does not get it. He still thinks he's that cool. He goes around telling people he's an MMA. Uh, well, not champion himself, but he has instructed all the He MMA instructed champions. Anderson Silva, who was one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. yeah. He taught him the front kick that yes. knocked the dude out in like <laughs> one second. Yeah, that was... Stephen Skull. I've never seen Stephen Skull lift his leg once. <laughs> not well, even you, to pee. You definitely don't see it in this movie. 
No, <laughs> unless there's like some like wire foo shit, like crouching tiger. Like there's like a, you see like these wires lifting his leg up. Well, it's a funny thing. We were uh, we just finished the movie a minute ago, and so inspiring. Uh, so I let the credits roll. There's over sixty stuntmen in this. Which One, but I I know where you're getting at. I just want to point out. Hey, Marvel. Here's another thing you stole from Steven Seagal. End credit scene. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So me and Murray both shut off the movie after we, well, we pulled out the tear box because, man, he hits us hard at the end. That message at the heart, at the end? I, I just I want to say I was always a climate change denier. I yeah. was always like, it's bullshit. The science is still out. That little girl needs to go the fuck back to Sweden or yeah. Russia, where the fuck she's from. That's the one thing I agree with Trump. <laughs> I can't even finish that. Yes. And now I, I'm like, well, he would never lie to me. Yeah. I mean, child would always lie to you. Exactly. But Seagal, Sensei Seagal, Zen Master Seagal, no. So now it's like, we need to get shit moving now. Back in 1994. Yeah, I wish I had actually seen this movie when it came out. I'd be so, I'd be woke before woke was a thing. Dude, you'd stop wearing these plastic clothes of yours. You're just wrapped in plastic. You won't. You- I'm sorry, I can't make a plastic noise. But- <laughs> Kirk, Kirk. <laughs> that's a good that's a good plastic noise there uh that's but all i got again one of the best things about steven seagal is that one of yeah one of is that everything is not he doesn't pull ideas out of the air these are all his own experiences well I mean, that's the best art comes from life i mean yeah. you know he's a great blues musician because he grew up on the mean streets of detroit <sighs> yep he was a prodigy at... There's so many people that talk about him still here, about yeah. how he just taught them about the blues. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah it, it, like, every time you walk down Detroit, you hear people murmuring about well, him on Well, there's Steven Seagal Boulevard, right there, on east side of Detroit. Right we all know side. it, you know? Exactly. There's that mural, that beautiful mural of him. Yeah, oh, and God. he's like, all the shit he's, he can do, he's like breaking an arm he's playing the blues i mean amongst all that he's he, examining a woman for breast cancer <laughs> we we of course know he's ex-cia he is he definitely worked for the company at one time i just can tell by the way he moves i'm yeah. like that guy he he knows stuff yeah and of course he was in black ops yeah of course he's a deputy uh in both new orleans uh jefferson louisiana i believe it was uh, okay. And Arizona, of course, because he helped out Joe Arpaio. Great Good American, Joe Great Arpaio. American. Blues master said that already. Uh, here's a new one to me. He's a deity. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought he was. Yeah. But is it proof? We've got proof now? Yeah, apparently, like Scientology, if you pay that religion enough money, they'll make you a deity. He's a Scientology deity? Yes, that's the one. Oh, I didn't know you even was a Scientologist. <laughs> do, like, do you have to be a Scientologist? No, the, just take your money no matter what. The fucking Dalai Lama loves his money so much, and his movies so much, that he said, you get to be a deity now. So he actually took that information back to a set of a movie. It was like... Yeah. I want documentation on that. Yeah. That sounds a there, little there, sketchy. There's one there. of those stories out there. Maybe we'll dig into that one for the future. But, he uh, said that right before Judo Jean LaBelle choked him out and made him shit his pants. <laughs> right. Uh, there's a couple other things. Uh, he's, of course, a Ninja Gaiden. And uh, you know that video game, Battletoads? That's based on a real-life experience of his. Wow, no wonder it was so hard to beat. Yeah. And I only beat it once I got my Nang Chen ponytail. Exactly. So it all falls into place. Yeah. That whole game was based in New Orleans, and then he went to space because he's also a part of Space Force. Hello. Why do you think Space Force got started? Steve- was it his idea to make that uniforms camouflage? Exactly. <laughs> 
It was. I thought he was going to. I always assumed if he had, he, he would be like Jedi robes. Like that would be his idea. Uh, that are like bulletproof Kevlar kimonos that he likes to wear. Well, I, yeah, well, we know on a, on a, on a show we're going to talk about in another episode that he always wears a flak jacket. Always. Whenever he's out patrolling the streets. Yes. Because these seats are mean. They sh- <laughs> they're like, never mind. They're jealous That's, and they're treacherous. They, they. <laughs> Jealousy, treachery. <laughs> oh, that's such a great song. Uh, Murray, They're all I, great. I, I think uh, this episode is going to take us 45 hours. So At least you... to scratch the surface. There's so much subtext. And, Ugh. like, you know, I, I've watched this movie 50 times in the past two days. Yeah. Because I'm just absorbing new things, new Layers. experiences, new life. It's great. It's it's a goal, man. Everything. So we're gonna try our best. I, I recommend you just watch it, but we're gonna try our best to like recreate it for you with the theater of the mind that is Golden Globus Theater. But I rec- highly recommend you watch it, and you'll learn about life, about the spirit world, about uh, evil corporations, evil corporations, big oil. About even if you sell out, it's not too late. Yes, you learned that. Yeah. That was a big one. So, fuck it. Let's just get right into this. We're all on some deadly ground. In this land of frozen beauty, where a proud people make their home, Age's Oil is making a killing. The people here want to talk about the poisons in their environment. Aegis One is not online and operational in 13 days. Then the oil rights will revert back to the Eskimos, and that is not going to happen. We're talking. But there is hope. And now, he's here. Steven Seagal is on deadly ground. You're an oil man. When I put out the fires, I stop spills. We are being lied to by some of the most sophisticated people on Earth. I know we've had our disagreements. How much money is enough? I don't need that kind of problem right now. Get rid of the problem. You mean mercenaries? Now this land has a friend. In you, I've seen a great spirit. These people have a warrior. Did you beat up on this little native man? And this corporation... Find me a body or find me the man. ...has a big problem. Is this guy? Sandy's company. Company? CIA. Whatever he is, he's a damn problem. Steven Seagal. Turn him around. Michael Caine. We'd need a miracle to stop us now. Just gonna reach out and touch somebody here. On deadly ground. All right, welcome back. Great trailer. You, of course, heard Michael Caine. He got Michael Caine in this movie. Yeah, well, it's not that hard. Michael Caine will do anything for a dollar. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he he was once he's famous for. <laughs> this is a true story. I he didn't come to the Academy Awards to collect his first Oscar because he was too busy filming Jaws for the Revenge. That's, that's right. I did know that. 
Uh, yeah, well, I, I explained that on Twitter. People were talking about that. Some people, it's just a job. Like, it, it's not like, I mean, like you, you get these actors, like, it's a calling from God to be an actor. It's right. important thing. And he's just like, no, it's his fucking job, and I do it. Because I love how Michael Caine doesn't even attempt to ever do an accent that's not Michael Caine. He just does his accent. It's true. yeah. Because you know? I'm sure Jennings was supposed to be a, American in this, but he's like, fuck it. I'm, he is American, but he talks like me. Yeah, I fucking loved it. Like, Michael Caine... Well, you always, yeah, he's like, he's like, he's in the same league we say with like Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. The, I mean, he's, he's, he was considered better than them, but I'm just saying like, he does, he always delivers. He, whatever, he, he could be in the, pink, in the biggest piece of shit and he delivers. He, you know, I, he's like, Hey, I'm going to do the best of my ability. I can only do, I can like my role look good and I'm going to do that. I'm going to shine. <laughs> we haven't even started. We're already on one tangent. Uh, I have to continue this tangent though, because they have him dressed as a Western like he's always wearing the bolo. Well, right, yeah. He he's an oil man, so of course he's got to be a southern. I'm surprised man. he didn't have like a cowboy hat, like Jerry Ewing. Like, I, those, they those... probably want him to wear one. And Michael Caine was like, "You can fuck yourself." Like in those like suits, where it's like you know what I'm talking about, where it's like leather right yeah. here. It's kind of like basically, I could see him wearing some of the tassel jackets that uh, Steven Seagal is wearing. That might be a little too far. That's yeah, yeah, his tassel jackets are a little more casual, right? business schedule anyways murray we've got a nice screeching eagle nice well screeching hawk because we learned yeah. when we did our screeching our uh, screaming eagle bit from the horribly underrated stone cold episode that eagles sound like dorks yeah, they sound they, like turkeys <laughs> they sound like dorks and so we even had to substitute a screaming eagle we called it the screaming eagle but we used a hawk yeah yeah a, a hawk is what sounds what you think of an eagle it's really a hawk people i had it like all sound like uh, set up and you're just like wait is that the eagle <laughs> it's like what that's the symbol of our nation what uh, the fuck yeah but we start out we we just see that beautiful majestic creature sounds like a dork but he looks amazing oh yeah kind of like Steven Seagal we're kind of looking over the whole landscape beautiful the thing this is what we're fighting for Griff this yes. is what we're fighting for against big oil yeah I think Alaska already lost the fight to oil but... yeah well yeah he did yeah so we're going all around Alaska and finally break into an oil refinery, and it's on fire. We went from pristine conditions to hell on earth. And who do you, when you got a problem with hell on earth, who do you ask for? I can't imagine. Uh, I'd call in that one guy from that scrub show. Can't remember his name. He was the jerk doctor that, that knew it all. Uh, who? He, I never watched that show. Okay. I don't remember it. All the kids, it, that was the office for the people I was growing up with. Oh. Like, they all loved it, and they were I horrible. didn't like it. Yeah, so whatever that meant. <laughs> we see we see a chopper come in. Like, uh, who uh, who could be on this chopper? Of course. And Sensei we all, Did we point out this is the first and last time Steven Scott ever directed a movie? Yeah. He was hot out. off the heels of Under Siege. He was the hottest thing going. He could do whatever he wanted. Get any project he wanted made, and this was it. This was And it. it tanked horribly. Yes. It made like two-thirds of its budget back. 35 with a $55 million budget. Yes. So, yeah. So, and he, so. He exits the helicopter, and we got this little man, Hugh. And he's like, thank God. Yeah. You hear over the explosion, everybody, everything. Somebody yell out, thank God. Here, Forrest is here. Oh, yes. my God. I, this is fucking mumbling. Forrest Taft. We want to point out there. This is not there. There's two movies in 1994 
that had mentally deficient people <laughs> named Forrest in it. Ah, uh, no. This and Forrest Gump. Well, what, what, Forrest Gump wasn't mentally deficient? That was the whole point of the movie. At least he was in shape. That's a slight That's on true. <laughs> Um I love so that's this. weird. I love this. Steven steps and of course, out. Well, that, that, that goes back to his name, too. Tapped, our fattest president. Yeah. Tapped so <laughs> he's he's mentally deficient and fat. He, he Perfect is, name for Steven Seagal. Layered up for 90% of the movie, but for some reason in this scene, he's wearing like a windbreaker. They're in Alaska. I thought he was rocking the buckskins. He didn't have a... I don't think he had it on right away. Oh, Not yet. Okay. It's the next scene in the bar that he's got like, you okay. know, the Cause, Yeah, because he shit. goes full native in this movie. Yeah. He's just like, it's like when uh, our soldiers, like when they go out like in uh, like Afghanistan, they start wearing those scarves and mm-hmm. shit. Like he's like, he he's, it becomes part of where he's at. Yeah. You know, and that's what, so he's full native. And Hugh, he's ready to c- commit suicide. He's like, what can we do? It's over. Yeah, My he, job is sunk. There's a nice little moment here where uh, when... Forrest steps out of the helicopter, starts telling him, man, my, all the shit they've been giving me is all rigged. All those fucking millionaires that you sold out to are giving me bullshit work materials, so everything is just right. going Further, to hell. Right off the bat, Seagal just throws a 180 on us. What? A, a Steven Seagal character sold out? What? Yeah. yeah. What that, are you talking that's about? That's a big 180 here. And yeah, and he's just like, "Don't worry about it." He opens the door, and he's well, like, like, "You mean that he's... asshole one percent, or I'll fucking kill him!" And then all of a sudden, he opens that door. Michael Caine with his, oh. they got the dueling like bad dye job hairs going on. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I could call it that. And he's got the bolo ties. Like, what were you saying? What were you saying? What were you saying? Nothing, sir. Ooh, and he scurries away. Oh. And then Seagal, he, he, this is the only time the movie smokes. But he's, he's needed this one scene. He pulled right. out a cigarette. I, I, I noted that, and then it <laughs> went away. Because he needed it for this badass intro scene. Because yes, then he right. lights a cigarette right off that oiled refinery fire. And then he throws the cigarette away. <laughs> and then I, maybe I'm going to trust Steven Seagal and say he did some research. And this is how they stop oil refinery fires. Because he gets like a barrel full of gas or some explosive. It's explosives, yeah. And he like pulls it on a chain, like pulls it up, and blows up the fire refinery, and the fire stops. Hey, man! From what I know in my other oil movie research, there will be blood. That's how they did it in that. Okay, so, I'm not saying it's. I, I know. I'm just saying, it based just on other weird. movie logic, that might be true. So you're saying there might there shall there will be blood? What was it? There called? will be blood. There will. Be, I've seen it, but I forgot the name. <laughs> uh, it was based on this movie. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes, based on this movie, big time. Okay. <laughs> so he should have got a credit, like a consulting credit for that movie. I think Stephen fought tooth and nail to get that credit. <laughs> I also want to point out, we were we were both shocked that he didn't pull a Stallone on Cobra and demand he gets credit for writing the script. No, Big he, time. He let, the, he let the guys have it. He <laughs> he already had director, star, executive. Like He was like, you know Auditioner what? for naked scenes. Auditioner for naked scenes. Uh, choreographer. You know, he did it all. So he was just like, I'll give those guys a... One writing credit. So, yeah, he lights a cigarette, throws it away, blows up the refinery. End of problem. That's it. And, like, guys, like, oh, my God. He was like, thank God you're here. Yeah. I, I'm a fucking incompetent idiot, Forrest. Yeah. He's like, hey, no problem. We're friends. But really, what's going on? He's like, I'm so suspicious of those one percenters. I think they're fucking us here. You know me. They live in the same house. 
I'm no, pretty sure they live in no, the same house. No, no, no. That was just... Uh, we'll get to it in a minute. Yeah, I no. think they live in the same house. Well, I don't know. Speculation. <laughs> so, Stephen hits the bar. After a long day's work of exploding shit and well, lighting he's cigarettes... Like, well, he, he throws out this thing. He's like, these goddamn fault... fault pr- uh, faulty... Uh, faulty preventers. Fire preventers. <laughs> We're getting Mexican-made shit here, Forrest. Yeah. This ain't American-made steel. This isn't American-made. And he's just like, look, I know I know Jennings. That's Michael Caine's character. He's like, I know him. I trust him. He would never give us faulty material. But I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him what you... Th- I'm, I'm, I'm your friend. I'm yeah. still your friend. I'm the middleman. I'm the in-between. I'm going to tell him all the things you've told me. And he'll listen to me. Yeah. So he gets in the chopper, and he's like, look, these fire preventers, they're not good. He's like... Michael Caine's just like, shut up. It's their fault. Oof. It's human error. There's nothing wrong with it. Would I, would I, would I uh, lie to you? Would I? Why would me, I? People are saying that it's, oh, they did it. Yeah. That's what I hear. Word on the street. Yeah. They did it. He started it. Why would I, who am about to lose this land in two weeks if I don't get my oil refinery up and running, why would I? I'd rather put I'd rather lose this here. land yeah. than tarnish my name exactly. by having faulty fire preventers. Yeah. What do I have to gain from this Forrest Taft? Your name, your character's name. They probably had to say that to remind Stephen a lot that that was his character. So Seagal, you see, he's a little suspicious. But he's like, okay, I believe you. I love. Uh, especially in these opening scenes, you see sassy Seagal a lot. Did you notice whenever he's talking back to people, he tilts his head back and forth no i didn't notice it. yeah yeah it's a prize it's a it's like a thing like animals make themselves bigger he like whips the nang chan around yeah, and it kind of th- threatening that threatening. might be what it is cause... it's like a rattlesnake making it like yeah rattlesnake uh are we ready to go to the bar you ready to go? To the We're bar? ready now. Yeah. Okay. After I got that important stuff. No, you you did get important yeah. stuff out there. I look at me with my. Well, this beer is a great hand. scene. I can uh, I can tell why you want to get to it. Exactly. I've got my beer. I want to get to him getting his beer. He's got another cigarette. I thought he was drinking tea. He, he was, but he was smoking another cigarette. Oh, yeah. Well, he continuity. Continuity oh. for two scenes. This <laughs> oh. is as far as he can take it. But yeah, he's he's hitting those clothes real hard. And, uh, you know, Hugh comes back out. Of course, there's going to be a native in the bar. Well, Hugh comes out and grovels apology. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry I had to put you in that position. And he's like, hey, we're friends. No problem. Well, that's going on in the background. Continue, girl. Native being harassed. And he's just like, he, he looks like a bum. You know, He's, he's a got pathetic hol- drunk. He's got loser. holy clothes. His, he's an know, alcoholic. Yeah. He, he's, he's, all- he's on the fire water. Oh, he's on the fire water. And uh, there's these goons there. One of the goons, by the way, is the goon from Dumb and Dumber, which I thought was very interesting. His name was also Mike. That's his actor's name as well. Okay. Very, very convenient. Yes. The name never comes up. I just noticed that in the credits. Um, But, yeah, so Mike is harassing this native man so hard. He's mocking him. He's just like, here, beg for this beer. And this guy's guy's desperate. He's a horrible, disgusting drunk. Yeah. And he's just showing no compassion for this guy at all. Yeah. And Sensei Seagal is all about compassion. So he's he's crying on the inside. But he's like, no, I, I, I can't. I'm middle management now. I can't be with the workers anymore. I have to keep a distance. Right. I'm just going to mind my business. 
And what, but he, he can't help but notice, and then, and then the guy Mike can't help but notice he's looking. Exactly. So he throws out some shit. Hey, motherfucker, with your buckskin, what the fuck you gonna do? Yeah, you look like a cupcake over there. That's some hard language. <laughs> That's some real hard language. You're talking and, to Sensei. Oh my god, Sensei, this, he just goes, it's ready now, serenity now. I'm not gonna interfere. Just kind of like you know, I'm just gonna have my tea and my clove cigarette, and I'm oh. gonna go and go home and read. But it's hard to be. And like, but this is the thing: the bartender's like, "Forrest, don't, don't you go there? Don't you do it? Don't you trash my bar one more time? Because we know from past Seagal movies, he loves trashing bars." Well, I, I was trying to reflect on all the. Movies don't you touch these done. hot dogs here? <laughs> don't you touch them? There is, I know for a fact now, and in all three or four movies we've done, there is a bar fight scene. He has to have a bar fight because scene. he has to use a cue stick as like Kendall sticks. He misses out on it this week, though. He didn't do it. Yeah, he didn't do it. But, but he, Hugh, Hugh does give him a little more information before he disappears out of the scene here because he's like, "Look, I'm telling you, I got it all. I looked through the files. They're ordering that." Mexican steel. They're not getting the real deal. He's like, I did. And then, of course, Seagal is like, well, I did see those stress fractures while I was, yeah. you know, he has a point out that he knows. Yeah. But he's like, I think you're telling me the truth, little buddy. He's like, look, I got a gateway computer. Just bought it. Just bought it. Follow the paper trail. Just follow it. He's like, you got you got the password to get into. I got everything. They trust me. Look into it. I'll yeah. do that. They're just in the upstairs closet at wherever. I don't even know where he went to. He went to uh, Hughes' house. Yeah. Well, no. no this the, is the, this is where you got confused. I think because what they point out is that Seagal keeps some clothing at Hughes' place when he goes hunting. Okay. So that's why he had clothes there. Okay. Nice. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Us two totally straight guys would never spend time together in a cabin in the woods. <laughs> Just keep my clothes here. <laughs> you happen to have ladies' clothes here as no, kind no, of no. a side. No, those were Hughes' clothes. Those were Hughes' Yes, clothes. they were. They actually did. actually had this, that line to explain that. He's like, <laughs> he's like you're about Hughes' size. Oh, we're getting ahead oh, of ourselves. Oh, you're right. You're right. He did say that. We're getting oh, ahead of ourselves. God. So, yes, Hughes' like, follow the paper trail. Uh, Muller report. And he walks out. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Hugh takes off with his little red hat and his mustache. And uh, kind of an elderly griff. Yeah, he is kind of an elderly <laughs> griff. You're right about that. Uh, but our our bargoon, he's like, you know what? I'm having a lot of fun tonight. I'm gonna fuck with that native some more, and I'm gonna do it despite cupcake over there. So he calls that native back over. He's and, almost taunting Sensei Seagal through this native. He's like, I can't, I can't get him. Because that's thing, Seagal is so altruistic. He can take all the shit you pile on him and Murray, just he's brush a it deity. off. He can just brush it off. But when you fuck with a, a weaker person, he's got to stand up for him. Exactly. So he starts, he calls the, the native over. Native gets real close. Sir, do you mind if I drink your beer? He's like, yeah, you know what? I do mind. And he just starts like fucking sloshing it in his face. And then he like throws some on the ground. He's like, lap it up, dog. And Sensei is like, hey, you think you're a tough guy? I said, I, I don't remember how he embraces this fight. Did he just walk over to them? Yes. Yeah. Because that's all I can stand, and I can't stand no more. Yeah. And then he's like, you ever play patty cake? And the guy's like, of course I have. I'm a badass. Of course I play pad- patty cake. Oh, man, you're going to skip right over all the fights he has? He fights before that? Dude, he has a lot of fighting oh, before okay. that. Well, because, okay. because he steps. Go into it. Okay. 
So this is where we're going to start cracking into those 84 different stuntmen they have because they're all replacing uh, one move in this movie. So first movie does. Steps over a table and kicks guy in the face. That's you a think very he, honorable way to put it. Yeah. You think he could handle that himself? No. Stunt double one. Uh, then we get this. He grabs a rope off, off the wall. A rope. A rope. It was like a lasso, wasn't it? It was, yeah, and it was it was last up, so it was just yeah. yeah, it was just yeah, it was wound up and so he yeah. wasn't like strangling people or anything. He was he, he just had a wound he was up just rope, batting people with it. Yeah, how is that? So, anyways, he takes it off the wall. Then it goes to stunt double number two, <laughs> and he's grabbing people from you know around their he, neck and throwing I, them. But he did not use a stunt double. He grabbed that guy's dick and crushed it. Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up. I pointed that out on the notes for a reason. That's the one stunt he did in the scene. He did grab that man by the dick and said, you think you're a real man? Why can I barely feel it? Come on, sensei. Yeah, like, are you that just fucking despicable? Well, I just want to point out, for a guy who is so, like, spiritual, I don't think anybody in all the movies we've done is more sadistically cruel in killing people than Steven Seagal is. I'm glad you bring up sadistically cruel because this next uh, uh, stuntman he beats up on is Hugh. He switched out his hat and they covered up his uh, mustache with a piece of tape and he breaks his hip and you see a close-up of his fist going into the guy's hip and then a close-up of him breaking his knee. Why? Why are you beating up old men? I don't know. So then we get a course. He throws a dude out a window because he always has to throw somebody out right. a window. I think he even let him with the rope, but nah, I don't think so. Uh, but yeah, then we get to the big showdown with Mike, the the fucker who is messing uh, started this whole thing. Yes, this is where we get back to that deadly game of patty cake. Mm. Where he goes, put your hands out. So I got a game for you. Oh, I got a game for you. Mine's called patty cake. <laughs> He's like, I've heard of it. Who hasn't? <laughs> this, is, this is a badass thing. He's like, all right, put your hands out. And I'm going to put my... And we all know this game. It's not technically patty cake. Yeah. But it's a game. We've all played it as a kid. You put your hands out, and somebody puts their hands under you, and the object is then to slap the top of your hand. Yeah, the person under goes over top and slaps the hands. It's 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 all eye speed and... Hand-eye coordination. Hand eye. And you're, you're supposed to get slapped. Of course, get them away before they get slapped. Yeah. So... He's like, all right, let's play this. If I hit you, I get to punch you. Yeah. If you get away, you get to hit me. Ooh. Sounds pretty fair, doesn't it? Big man, big balls. He was, Mike was really emphasizing how he was a big man with real testicles. Yeah, real like, testicles. Yeah, he was nonstop talking about his balls. He uh, got yeah. pretty uncomfortable. In fact, Sensei took it a little too far because he kept emphasizing how big his balls were. I could see him through your jeans. <laughs> you are a man. <laughs> so, of course, they do it. Immediately, Sensei slaps his hands. He's yeah. Like, oh, beginner's luck. Sensei's got to punch you. Yeah. He holds off and punches him in his gut. Yeah, right in the gut, which, of course, knocks him over. He's like, hey, big man, why don't you get your balls off the floor? <laughs> what are they doing down there? You, you mopping up some blood? <laughs> What's going on? It's like, all right, all right, beginner's luck, let's do it again. Yeah. And then we, they do it like five times or some shit. You think you can take the cupcake on? <laughs> and then the last time, they do it from three different angles. They show it. Boom, 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 slow motion. He and hits him three times that last attack. I didn't like that. But Mike goes down. He comes up. He, he's got shit in his hair. His face is bleeding. And Sensei, he just 
touches his shoulder. This is so much. I, this is the Stephen Seagal I know that yeah. taught me about spirituality, yeah, this philosophy. Is, this is deity Seagal coming through. Right. He just he well, now normally like Van Dam he would just break the guy's neck. And yeah, be this over is with. this is prime roundhouse territory. Right. This is like a cell you would see in AEW where they stand there for fourteen minutes. <laughs> yeah. And you know most like a lesser man would just murder Mike, but you know, he, yeah. he goes he goes he he drops some philosophy and he goes, "What does it take to take change the essence of a man?" <laughs> <laughs> he spits up blood and shit. <laughs> he did vomit the one time uh, yeah, he cigar did. punched him. He's like, hey, those taste like balls? <laughs> time, sir. Yeah, so. Time. I want to point this out because somebody brought this up on uh, our Twitter feed about this very scene. Really? And I pointed out, here's the thing. Everybody knows your racism chakra is in your gut. Oh, my God. And Basically, what Sensei Seagal, he didn't beat this guy up. He realigned his chakras. No fucking way. And he eliminated racism out of this guy. This guy literally learned a lesson. That's why. It's not uh, just a saying. You know, we usually say, like, I'm going to teach you a lesson. He really did teach him a lesson. That's why after the scene, he rips his Redskin shirt in half. Right. He's, My God. He said, amazing. no more tom- tomahawk chopping for me, buddy. Holy shit. I'm dude. kneeling from now on. That's amazing. I'm kneeling at every football. Wait, what? Kneeling? Yeah. That's a little too close to football people kneeling. I don't like it. So, yeah, so this guy, he's a changed man. Like, yeah. this is what Seagal does. He doesn't, he tears you down to build you back up. I like that most of the time he punches, they cut to the audience, and it's always women just, like, oh, fawning over him. He took it a little easy. Sensei went a little soft on this movie. Usually there's more women that want him and more men that want to be he, him. He had so much of a message, he didn't have time. You're right. You're right. It's on the cutting room floor. He, he worked He worked in a little bit. And none of those were, were, lines were scripted, by the way, Griff. All the lines that women say about how amazing he is, how huge he is, yeah. just off the cuff. They couldn't help it. They had to say it. There, I, I love, uh, I wanted to point out that there's always a good line in the background of scenes. And there was one where he's like, oh, you hear a lady, oh, that cupcake's dick is huge. That Nang Chen is looking sweet today. Yeah. I, it's just And so he's like, hey, old hey, Geronimo Joe, you need a lift? Yeah. And the guy's like, I just want a beer. I just want a beer. And so he gives them a beer and walks off off into the sunset. Yeah. So it's, what's going on with our man Michael Jennings? Well, we need to get to villains. We've barely we, touched we've already, on the villains. We, 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 now we know everything we need to know about Forrest Taft, the hero. So yeah. now tell us about the villains. So we're going to Michael. Michael Jennings, a.k.a. Michael King. Had to keep his name Michael because that was too confusing <laughs> for a sensei. Yes. So... Uh, uh, Michael, he's he probably ready. changed his name in post because he kept calling him Michael <laughs> like throughout the movie. Probably. So, <laughs> so he's actually going to be shooting a commercial because Aegis Oil, the company he is the owner and founder of, has of course had a huge oil leak. He's got yeah. like uh, Africa, uh, Alaska. Alaska is basically ruined. Like he's killed so many animals with the oil spill. And a couple is, whales have and died. He, all he cares of. about is he's losing his oil. He's like, yeah. I don't give a shit that it's killing animals. Yeah. I want that that oil should be in somebody's car right now. Exactly. And we see his uh, his uh, henchman. He's got a woman. I don't remember what was her name. I didn't catch her name. Janice. Janice. And she is the chip off the old block. She's like, uh, sir, I saw that this uh, compensation fee you gave to these natives for um, having their dicks fall off from oil, it's way too high. It's way too high. We're going to cut that down to two cents. I like the way you think, lady. Boom. Boom. She, I'm going to call her Ivanka. 
And okay. uh, and then we see Magruder. Scratch Janice. Who, was that the guy from Scrubs you're talking about? That's him. Magruder. Magruder, yeah. I call him Mac. Magruder, his, like, pussy henchman guy, and his his henchman, Otto, played by... S- Two weeks in a row, Sven Oli Thorson. What, really? Yeah, oh. he was in the beginning of Red Heat, and now he's in this one. Nice. I got a story about him that I read on IMDb that we'll talk about. <laughs> but uh, still, we're a douche fucking Seagalas. But yeah, he's just like, all right, I'll do this fucking PSA, get these fucking eco fucking whatever that bitch from Norway off my ass. Oh, that Greta. Fuck so her. He is... He hates nature so much. And what do we learn, Griff? If you don't train in nature, if you're not a part of nature, you're evil. Yeah, you're against nature. You're evil. I mean, he is like he 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 burns plastic. He loves it just to watch it burn. Just to watch it burn. And so they can't even take him outside. He has a setup to make it look like it's yeah, outside. Exactly. They can't take him outside. And they so got like a reindeer from a Santa like workshop. Couple caribou. <laughs> And he's disgusted by him, but he does the shoot, and he does it great. He nails it. Michael Caine, killing it. One take Mike, as they call him. Yeah, exactly. Just lays it up. No big as soon deal. as the, he's like, and cut. Then he's like, get these fucking animals out of here. I want to have a caribou steak later tonight. Mm, that's going to be like delicious. Shit. <laughs> so we uh, make sure to throw the other half of the animal away. I want it decomposing. <laughs> Eat so, it in front of some natives. <laughs> so we follow uh, Michael as he goes through his uh, office, wherever he is, and we see that there's uh, like a lineup of uh, reporters that want to talk to him. And he, we learn on the way to this little powwow he's going to do with them um, that w- Aegis Oil has 21 days to complete the oil rig before they lose the land it's on. No, they need 21 days to finish Aegis oh. 1. But it's they only good. have 13 days. They only have 13 days. So that's you. why he's cutting corners and getting that Mexican steel. See, what we did there was we helped people when they're confused when they watch this movie. <laughs> we just, oh, you know what? Murray corrected that. Okay. So, yeah, 13 days, get all the land back because uh, otherwise it goes to the natives. Yeah. And, he, of course, uh, he cheated the natives. He gave them some beads and shit for all their all of Alaska and... They got you finally caught on to him, thanks probably to Sensei. Oh, this is the one he goes to do with the presser. He goes back to his office, and uh, he's um, learning about how Hugh is going to send over all the equipment they bought to the EPA. He's, yeah. Murray, this is going to be very relevant here, a whistleblower. Well, thank God they knew who he was because they took care of him. But... Yeah. Well, they're about to. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's going to sit down with his. Mike's going to sit down with his two best men, MacRuder and Otto. And he's like, take care of it. You know what to do. You know what Using to do. Using some very Trump speak. He's like, I don't know you. I've never seen you. I've taken five million pictures with you, Otto. I don't know you. I don't know you. Take care of him. Wink. Wink. Big wink. And then, yeah, he does that presser, and the Indian guy, the head of the Tribe of Nations, he's just like, we're going to get our land back. Going to do it. We're going to do it. We're taking it back. And then Joan Chen, right out of Twin Peaks, comes out, and she just hocks the loogie on him, and it looks like oil. She's chewing some chaw. Man, I love Joan Chen. And he's just like, this is a new suit, you bitch. Mm. And she's like, you're a bad person. <laughs> And that, and then we see our man's uh, forest in the background. He's like, "What? What? Really? I always thought he was great. He's got his buckskins." I was getting a real 
uh, you're too young to remember this. There's this guy named Jerry Spence who was like involved in the OJ trial. Like, yeah, he was like a he didn't he was in he was like a guy they would consult. He always wore buckskin jackets <laughs> no, with like the fringe, and it always annoyed me. And the bolo ties, he always had that shit. And I was getting, a, and yeah. it was around the same time. So I don't know who follow, who followed Ooh, who. Yeah, but, yeah. So Seagal's got a job to do. He needs to go check out that computer. And right. find that these logs. Because he, yeah, he's going to go on that gateway. See, I thought this was at some kind of office. I didn't think this was at the house I confused for Hughes and Seagal's. No, Seagal is, he is at the office. Okay. When he goes on the computer. Yeah. Because simultaneously, Hugh is on his gateway. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of advertisement gateway. I don't know why, but you see those like cow-like boxes with yeah. cow print on I don't know. Gateway was the hottest shit back then. Right, they're gonna play a quick game of EverQuest, and uh, you know, <laughs> but they're gonna get to business right after a few hours of questing. And so um, they learn of the faulty equipment. Steven's just like, oh my god, he's he's pretty much a hacker in this movie. Right, that's just well, add that not to the really list. because he had the password. <laughs> to Sensei Seagal, you know, he was like, I'm a computer hacker. Which, by the way, he's like typing on the same three keys for everything. Um, and but that sets off alarms like so. Uh, our man Jennings, he knows that he knows now because yeah. you see all the specs. There's like cracks in the Mexican. It's, yeah. I don't know why he's talking like a Star Trek like <laughs> computer. And so he's just like you get those sweet ass for the time 3D like you know spins the like bar, like the the uh, metal bar around. You yeah. see cracks in it. We're like, oh okay. So we get we know Stevens got the information. Hugh did his job. He kept a copy of it. Like I, I think Hugh he, pulls out that floppy disk. Yeah, Hugh's, just in time. He like and then he hides it, but he doesn't really. But yeah. somehow through you know screen film magic, he hides it because he doesn't hide it in this and scene. Of course, it's early in the afternoon, so this is Hugh's time to scan the internet for <laughs> ladies. So he's and back to this is ninety four. Yeah. So he's downloading. It's like, Three hours to download one picture. Oh yeah, but, but it was, uh, that picture was worth it. Hey, that one picture—that's going to be the last good thing he has in his life here, Murray. Because who's at the door? He's like, "Can you wait? I'm downloading a picture. It's 1994. It takes three hours." And I'm like, sorry, this will be just a minute. And they're like, "What are you doing?" Otto and Magruder, and it's like nothing. I'm just—I'm just downloading porn. Guys, guys, check out this lady. She's beautiful. I think. Where are those logbooks? Where is the disc? Logbooks? All I've been doing is logging sperm into this rag here, fellas. I, I, I'm up to nothing. Look at my red hat. Look at my mustache. I'm a beautiful man. Make America great. Make America great. And they're like, we don't believe you. Otto, take care of this creep. And then Otto grabs this, like, kid's a giant whale dick, like, on his table. Yes, he did. <laughs> it was impressive. <laughs> Almost impressive as Sensei Seagal. Yeah, that you know what? I bet Sensei gave that to him as a gift. Like, hey, this so, is a little smaller than mine, but it'll do. Otto grabs the petrified whale dick. He's like, you like looking at dicks? Huh? Yeah. You like looking at dicks? How about this? Dick. And he smashes, smashes his, his finger. finger. He's like, I see you've got nine more. So you got about nine more chances to tell us where the disc is. See, I didn't say dick. Disc. Or we're going to smash the rest of them. And he's just going through his cabinets. He's knocking the fucking tang over. It's like, come on, man. It's a full Breaking his fucking Star Wars glasses oh. from Burger King. He's, oh. It's awful. That commemorative uh, Reagan plate he had on the wall there. Oh, just gone. Knocked it over. Fucking A. And they're not getting any information out of him. Nothing. Not he's a word. He's not giving it up, man. So they get a piano wire and strangle him up. And he's still not fessing. 
Hugh will not talk. Yeah, they tie him to his chair, and then they're like, get that pipe cutter. So he Otto comes in with his giant-ass pipe cutter, somehow attaches it to Hugh's dick. I don't know what was going on. Dude, I have no idea. His leg, his dick, I don't know what, somewhere below the belt. I mean, you don't go below the belt. Yeah. And to his credit, Hugh still doesn't give it up. He gets his dick chopped off with a pipe cutter. Dude, there's blood spraying everywhere. That was brutal. Yeah, and then it disappears later on when Seagal shows up. I didn't get Exactly. That. Who but, came by and cleaned it up? <laughs> cleaning lady. Cleaning lady. And uh, she's like, I, I, uh, you're, I hope you're close, senor Hugh. And he's like, but anyway. What, they did, I mean, I don't know what they did with his body. They used to leave. Oh. I know what they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, so. We go back to another presser. It sounds like before there's people I, lo- I love how they tear the house apart, couldn't find this disc. Like, it's just upstairs in a bag. Yeah, they, they, they did a very bad job. These guys, <laughs> my mom would have said, if it were a snake, it would have bit you. Because it's, like, right there. Well, they kind of show that Magruder is kind of an idiot, like, yeah. later on. Yeah, and but, Otto, yeah. of course, is uh, not far He's from the He's the idiot tree. of an idiot. Exactly. So, yeah, so. He's the other guy, though, Alev Farnas. So uh, we have another presser. It's the same thing. Community's pissed, but Sensei Seagal's there, and he's just reading the scene. He's got so much more information now. Yes, he's- and so now he's seeing everything in a whole new context. And so at, uh, Michael Kane, he comes down. <laughs> it's so convenient that it's Michael Kane, and his name's Mike. So he comes down, and he's pissed off. He's sick of dealing with these citizens and their concerns about the environment. Fuck that shit, you know? Right, really. Pep's Blue Ribbon! I saw that this weekend. I'm still high on that. I don't know what that means. Oh, uh, Blue Velvet. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. All right. Um, So, uh, yeah, he comes down. he's He's still hot, and Sensei is about to drop some more bad news on him. I read those files. Can you Can you speak up? I read the files. I know about the 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 the, the bad the Mexican steel. <laughs> and Mike goes, "Oh, oh, well, yeah, okay. Hey, by the way, there's another uh, oil refinery fire." He just th- throws it out. Th- yeah. yeah, he he's like, uh, "We need you to take care. of it. You're the only guy who can do it." Yeah. So throw on this spacesuit and an oxygen tank and get in there, pal. Gets let's hop in the chopper and. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. Get to that oil rig. And he's yeah. like, all right, when we get back, we're going to talk about this Mexican steel. A serious, serious fucking talk. And I am going to whisper. I noticed that Seagal sounds just like Fat Tony from Simpsons. Yes, Do you he think does. the character was yeah. based on Seagal? I think it might have been. Okay. I, I could see Sensei taking credit for that, too. He's like, well, I always did the voice. I just didn't take credit for it. So they chopper into this new refinery. And there's really nothing going on. There's like a little bit of a fire. She's like, oh, this is strange, but I'll go check it out. Seagal puts on his spacesuit, goes inside. What's he find, Griff? So he's walking in. He's noticing the levers are done. It's it, it's flooding with oil and water. Everything's looking bad. And just like out of a fucking scary movie, he's got. it's so dark in here, guys. It's so dark. So he's just got his flashlight, and then his flashlight slowly creeps up, and there's a pair of feet, and then a pair of slacks, and, and then a, dick. one, one <laughs> <laughs> and then there's one green suspender and one red suspender, and then a old man with a mustache and a red hat, 
and a steel or uh, what, 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 what was steel ball cutter, whatever it was, <laughs> it's a pipe cutter, pipe cutter, a pipe cutter, and this American horrified. steel though. American That's why steel. it worked. That's why it worked. And there he noticed Pittsburgh's own. He he notices Hugh dead as a doornail, dead as his heart on, and he's just like fuck. And you you see Sensei, he knows he's got to run and dive. So he's jogging as fast as he can. He's going like two miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> they and, do not show him running in this scene. at the last second, he jumps. Yeah. Whenever you jump, right when an explosion goes off, you're safe. Yeah. But it fools uh, Jennings. He's like, he's dead. We saw it. Could we see the body like fly out? Yeah. This That was uh, the stuntman who unfortunately lost his life. But he we died for this movie. He so died it's for well this movie. Well worth it. Well worth it. He's like, I'm dying for the message of the movie. So Jennings like, all right, it's done. We're out of here. Yeah, it's all good. <clears throat> so it, it, as it happens, luck, luck would have it. Yeah, uh, there's a native tribe, and they happen to be going out. <laughs> I dog call like bullshit on this whole tribe thing. Like, I guess it's in the realm of possibility. It's possible, but in 1994, I find highly unlikely. They were Eskimo tribes living the way they live, like in igloos and shit. It's uh, possible. I, yeah. But I just, in, in Alaska in 1994, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I think he had, he needed that kind of rustic, like, tr- like well, people again, living in off the land. Murray, as we brought up in the opener, he's doing this on his own experience. Cl- clearly, something like this happened to him. Okay. Okay? So. You would never lie to me. Exactly. So he. So they're in their dog sleds. Yeah. And there's the medicine man, the chief, the tribal chief. Yeah. And he sees the smoke. That smoke looks like the man bear. A man bear. And we, so I guess the man bear's something yeah. to do with. I, I, Spirits I cannot, told me man I bear. I think in 94 you could say Eskimo. I don't think we can say Eskimo anymore. I think that's a bad word. I now. think you're right. We'll say. I think Inuit, Inuit is the new is word. We'll, the, say, so we'll yeah. say Inuit from now yeah. on. And he's just like. Hey, wait, there's a man there. It must be the great spirit. Come yeah. to rescue us. So they pick up Sensei Seagal. They take him back to their igloos. And, uh, yeah, he wakes up in a wigwam. He's got a nice weighted blanket on him. You notice how Sensei, after, like, the first two movies, never takes a shirt off. Because he's got... Because you saw his body in fucking Hard to Kill. I mean, that was, like, yeah. the doughiest martial artist I've ever seen. <laughs> I hate to be, like... If it weren't Steven Seagal, I wouldn't be this judgmental. But when he was skinny, he his head looked too big for his body, and then he gained weight, and his he just looked too bloated. <laughs> like he's just an awkward looking human, no matter what phase he's in. I just couldn't help but notice how much he looks like his South Park character. Like yeah. he really looks like the South Park thing. And that's a sad thing because they're like cardboard little cutouts, but it's yeah. so accurate. I mean, he didn't have the chocolate donut goatee because this is earlier. Not yeah, not yet. He had it's somewhat right. of a jawline in this movie. You're, so he didn't have yeah. to hide it with a goatee. You're right. He did still have a little jaw. And we have this little old lady like chewing blubber and putting it in his mouth. And yeah. he's, Ooh, did you notice that? It was like this. Like the, yeah. Was like, that was that was probably a candid <laughs> scene. And they were like, "Well, we need it. This is all we shot for this scene." You said it was good. Get me out of here. So, so yeah, he's feeding him, and then uh, Joan Chen and the chief come in. Who Joan Chen is the daughter of the chief. Yeah. And uh, they're just like, you You are here. You're sent from God. You're amazing. And he's like, always, as humble as always, Sensei goes, I'm just a mouse. Just a scared little yeah, mouse. I'm a scared little mouse. And he's like, no, you're not. <laughs> oh, shit. 
You're a man bear. <laughs> oh my god. And you're gonna save us. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. And uh, I, I like, gotta point out. I gotta point out. The chief does not speak English. So the fact that he figured out English to yell that at him—that's the only English he says in the entire yeah. movie. And still, Joan Chen translates for it too. That was weird. Yeah, yeah she she does. Well, and she yells too. Yeah, chief says you're no cupcake. You're man bear with huge testicles. <laughs> Big cojone. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, okay, you're right. I didn't want to argue, but you're right. I, and then I love this scene because the chief rolls him over, stunt double number eight, because they don't. He doesn't want to show his back, so yeah. they roll him over, and he's got like debris in his back, like and shrapnel, shrapnel in and, his back. You know, he just gets in there with a knife and just starts digging it Spits out. Spits on it. It's just sanitized. <laughs> sanitized. No chunk, big deal. Chunk flipping around, and to his credit, Seagal doesn't say a word. He's like, yeah. he takes it in silence. Yeah, not and as silent as a Joan, mouse. Joan Chan in the background, sighing, like swooning. Oh my god. Oh, he's just some such a man. So we get to see Michael Caine. What's how's Aegis doing? We just had another explosion. This is another one of his. I I don't really know what what it was, but one of his uh, establishments. So he's got to explain this big explosion. Yeah, and he's getting a lot more bad bad publicity because there's a lot more debris, oil. He's polluting. Well, he's like, didn't he just say like a whistleblower went rogue named Forrest Taft, and yeah. he set these off? Yeah, kind of setting it up for like you know i guess to keep the keep the uh land or whatever he's like well this is sabotage i can't finish ages one he's like he's yeah. he's setting the groundwork yeah and it's and, a it's a good excuse like i'm buying it and right. yeah i i know everything that's happening and i and buy he, it and, he, and as soon as the, the press is out he goes to magruder and Ottawa. you idiots find that body like well, we he told you he was we but we had to get the body. You said he was dead. Yeah, I don't dead. care what I said. Go get those bodies. And they're like, all right, we'll do it. So don't worry. It's been two whole minutes. Sensei is the director of this movie, so we're gonna go right back to him, and he is full of clothes because got it. Got it layered up. Well, well this is actually appropriate because you know it's, it's, it's Alaska one. wilderness, and he's just like, I I have to get away. I don't want these. I'm. I'm I'm, it's too dangerous for me. To, I'm on deadly ground. Uh, he must have. Oh, my he, God. That's probably where they got the title of this oh, movie. Nice. I just put that together. Very good. Bravo. And he's like, I don't want these innocent people to die because of me. Yeah. Because they're going to look for me. By the way, he's speaking to himself. Yes. He's having a very long <laughs> inner monologue. It's like Dune. He's yeah, having just, an inner monologue. Say, it's a Dune. He's like the spice melange. And then <laughs> he's like. I gotta steal some one of these dog sleds and get the fuck out of here. Stun double number thirty-four. Yeah, these dogs because we always know dogs can really tell if someone's good or yeah. bad. They immediately attack. They say all, and then they wakes up the whole village and they're like, "No, we don't care if we die. We love you. You're you're the man bear. You're gonna save us. You were sent by the gods." And he's just like, "Okay, all so right." The chief comes out and you know he's a he looks pissed off. You can barely tell because he's got a wrinkly old face. But Joan Chan, you know, speaks for him, and he's just like, "What are you, What are you doing? Why are you trying to get these dogs?" And he's just like, "I gotta get away. I'm too dangerous. I'm on deadly ground. I'm on deadly ground." And the chief just cracks a little smile. You see, smile perk up from some some wrinkles in Looks his like face. Looks like a young Charles Bronson. Looks like a young Charles Bronson. Probably got a wildy in those pants. So he is just like, "You have the spirit of a bear." You are willing to steal these dogs to get away. You're ready for your vision quest. Let me take you. And then they're like, 
all right, they they find this mystical glade where like there's no snow. It was weird. It was like, yeah. you know, because we were in snow a minute ago, and now we're on a lake. And he he's like, let me ask you something, Sago Sensei Sago Sensei Sensei uh, Forest Deity, please Deity. Deity. Is it? Don't you think it's possible that the Bible could be true yet and dinosaurs at the same time? Ooh. And then he just gives this create this totally plausible creationist uh, uh, lecture to Seagal. And he's like, no, it's true. The dinosaur bones were put there to test our faith. Mm. And Seagal's just learning. He's just like, this is interesting. Yeah. And so he just he rails it off. He goes, okay, enough of that shit. Let's get down to brass tax. Brass fucking tax, but Vision Quest. Usually we take like some peyote or some kind of hallucinogenic. Ayahuasca. But you're too good for that. I'm just gonna tap you with a feather. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about this. Oh. So he goes boop right on um, ve- Seagal's nose. Very sensual. And Seagal goes and just collapses in a heap. Yeah. I wanna say, uh, for his directorial debut, that was a very beautiful scene. So we we get some past life regression. We see Sugal in the womb. We see him being born. Yeah. Full, groom, full grown man being born out of a woman. Yeah. That was a little weird. <laughs> it was a little weird, but it was this vision and quest. And then he gets up and checks the woman's cheek, <laughs> makes sure she has no lumps. I was like, okay. Like, Mom, you don't have cancer. Uh, he dies in a... Oh, no. That comes next. He dies in a... He fights a bear. While that's going on, everybody in the—he might not have taken hallucinogenics, but everybody in the village has because everybody oh gets God. naked in the sweat lodge and is like tripping balls. Everybody's naked, having a good old time. Yeah, and as Sensei, he heads into a wigwam and he's just like looking around. He's getting warm. He's taking his jacket off, but not his other three layers because he's got to keep that hidden. And he sees an old lady, and he's like, "Ew, gross! Ah, oh, fuck, shit." No, before uh, that happens. Ugly. No, before that happens, he fights a bear. Well, I mentioned the bear. That happened in his vision quest. Well, I didn't hear that. Okay. And it's an important fight because he is the man bear. Yeah. So he defeats a bear yeah. and then goes underwater for some reason. Yeah. Emerges from water and then he, not only an old woman, there's two temptations. The last temptation. Did that lead to that? I thought that's how he woke up. No, he had, he, this is, this is shows what a great man Sensei Seagal is because I was given the opportunity to fuck a smoking hot naked chick or talk with an old lady. I'm going to the naked chick, but not Seagal. This chick was hot. Oh my god! And he's just—it's like, also the only boobs we get in this movie. Yes. So it's like, well, yeah, come on, Sensei, we need this more than you <laughs> need it. We need it. And he, but he's tempted. He then immediately he does the fifth <laughs> power of the ninja hand symbol, mm-hmm. and that just. The the succubus is like I, I can't handle this shit. I'm out of here. Yeah. Goes and he, he then he comes out of his stupor, makes a beeline. He chooses wisdom over pussy, which a, a young man like Sensei Seagal he normally must, wouldn't he, do. He, he must have seen uh, Iron Steel of Iron. What was it called? I- Cir- circle. I don't know. No, circle not of Circle of Iron. Well, I don't <laughs> it's know the, which it's one. The underground fight one. Look, man. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, uh, Legion of Steel. Legion of Steel. There we go. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> It made his dick hard, but it made his brain soft. So he went to the old lady who made his dick very soft, but made his brain very hard. And she tells him once again, look, you're the greatest. You're a god. You're the fucking man bear. Blah, blah. <laughs> and hey, look into this pool of oil. 
and he puts his hand in the oil, and that's supposed to symbolize something. I don't know. It's something beyond me. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's right. And then we see him. He's back to real reality. He just emerges from the river. He's reborn. Oh, my Still God. got the buckskins on, even though he's, like, in the water. Yeah. And Again, not going to be seen naked. <laughs> well, thank God, man. And the chief's like, you did it. I'm surprised he let his name change get wet. And they do like a fucking high five and a freeze frame. It was pretty sweet. So after our freeze frame, we slowly transition back into Otto and Mac Gruder, who are looking for a, a native village. They're like, the natives must have got him. So we need to find the native village. Find the native village. Find the forest. Pretty cool, huh? Pretty cool. So they got this awesome 8x10 glossy of him, signed and everything. Deity Sensei. Ch- it's his, CIA it's, his, it's his blues man like 8x10 he's got like a fedora on yeah, like oh, roguishly he's, he's got the, the guitar up and oh god it's awful and have you seen this man look man <laughs> have you seen this man and they're getting no these people they would die for they've known them all of 12 hours yeah. so they're ready to die right yeah. or die I mean they're, they're pretending not to speak English but they're doing no speak them English yeah and the ch- yeah, the chief comes out to calm everyone. Chief down. looking very, I want to say, it looked very suspicious to me. Do you think he did? He was grabbing for something at his waistline. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I don't know. What all I know is Magruder saw it too. Oh my god, what are you setting up here, Murray? Because Magruder is like, I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling threatened. I'm feeling threatened. I'm going to stand my ground now. I'm <laughs> warning you. On the count of three, I'm standing my ground, everybody. And then the guy, the guy, he's like getting a piece of bubble gum, the chief, out of his bag, and he just fucking unloads on the chief. Yeah, nine shots, nine shots. And he's like, "You saw, you saw, I'm standing my ground." Otto, tell the man, tell everybody. Otto's like, "You were standing your you ground. You were standing your ground there, too, Captain Magruder." And they're like, "Oh, we're gonna leave now." But he, why stood my ground? And they ground? just run, make a beeline for the chopper, and they take off. Oh, my God. So, of course, Sensei is going to arrive just now because he was out doing a thing. Communing with nature. I don't know. Maybe he went back and fucked that hot chick. I don't know. I mean, that's what I would do after I learned my lesson. But Joan is hang. Oh, you mean the succubi? Yeah. Oh, shit. Maybe. Maybe. I'm going to have my birthday cake and eat it, too. I'm going to talk to the old woman, get done with the vision quest, go fuck the succubus in the woods. That's that had to be what happened. So he gets back to town. He goes in the wigwam. He's like, "Why everything?" No, I thought weird. they were just outside. Were they? Or did they bring him inside? They, they brought him inside. Because okay. come on, he's you know they gotta treat him inside. Okay. So he goes yeah. inside, and you know now the old lady's feeding him little bits of whale blubber. And <laughs> Steve's like, like, "Who is this lady? Why is she just walking in feeding incapacitated people blubber?" <laughs> Steven's like, "Get the fuck away from him. He's dying here. Doesn't need your whale blubber. He eats." Sensei, and, knowledge. The chief's like, thank God I can, I can finally die. I just need to impart some more wisdom to you. You are the man bear. I know it. I saw it in my vision. After I fucked that hot. She was hot, wasn't she? Oh, my God. Like right by the pussy. <laughs> and he's just like, and for like five minutes, he started talking about her. I don't know why any of it. But then he's like, here, he pulls out some beads. This amulet will protect you. We never see this amulet no. for the rest of the movie. No. But it's important at this scene. And, like, Seagal's, I mean, Seagal's probably like, mm, okay, thanks. It, doesn't, it clashes with my okay, so buckskin. M- <laughs> but <laughs> My Jim Danny look is ruined by this, but, you know. So he kind of just goes, hey, look over there, and then throws it over his shoulder. He's like, he's like, and then as soon as he imparts that wisdom, he's the man bear. He's the savior. Yeah. 
I guess that's all it was. That pass down of that little trinket. Well, he's in, technically like, he's the chief now. He yeah. basically handed it down. Maybe that was what the amulet was for. He's like the totem that they have to wear. Oh, you know? maybe. So he's walking out and he's like, I got to get away. Clearly, you see what happens. He warned them. He's, he's, he's the one who said, I'm on deadly ground. Yeah. So they leave the village and they're, he's looking at getting those dogs again and Joan... She's like, I'm gonna go with you. Her name is Masu in this movie. Okay, Masu is just like. Did they ever say her name at all in the movie? No, they okay. don't. Okay. Uh, That's why I didn't have a name for her. Yeah, so um, she didn't really do anything any either. In this dude, movie. The, she, the greatest thing she did was throw oil on Michael Caine. She is supposed to be the audience. Okay, she is like constantly grasping Sensei's leg, and it's like we're seeing ourselves in her. Okay. Yeah, because we can never, that's true, because we can never see ourselves in Sensei Seagal. Exactly. Or we could see ourselves in someone next to. Exactly. I get it. You okay. get it. Okay. So he's going to the dogs, you know, the sled dogs, and she's like, whoa, 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 whoa there, chief. There's a Yamaha under this. T- car- t- tar- tarnip? Carnip? Carnipy? Carnipy? Tarp? Tarp. That's the one. Carnip? <laughs> what just, what just happened? I don't know. Yeah, it's like, and I'd be like, what the fuck are you guys? This only emergencies. Like, you know, we got to keep it real. Well, that, that's Sensei's joke. That was a joke. Yeah. That was a good one. Good job, Sensei. Didi's got the jokes. So he's like, hop on, baby. Let's go to Hughes. I got, he's got some spare clothes there I need. Yeah, he knows that he's got his, like, little, uh, what do they call them? Like, escape kits or something? The weird, uh, uh, people planning for the end of the world. Well, yeah, we learn in, in this part of the movie, we learn that. Forrest Taft is is a doomsday doomsday prepper. So he's like, "Don't worry, I got I got all I got shit all across the forest hidden. Hughes is the closest." Yes, you. That explains the yeah right. Okay, okay. So they go there, and just so happens, Hugh Hugh knew that he was going to need this at some time. So he yeah. put the disc inside the doomsday prep kit. So again, when we were talking about Otto and Magruder going over Hugh's place. <laughs> The disc was just in the backpack in the closet. There's nothing else in this house. It's not. I mean, it's a. It's like including a, blood, as we said earlier. The blood is yeah, missing. The blood is missing. Uh, they broke the gun case. That's no longer broken. Uh, the kitchen was destroyed. That's no longer destroyed. So, so they're not. Jennings isn't that bad. He actually paid everything fixed. Yeah. Like, yeah. And in like, I don't know, two days. That's that's good work. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't Damn. do that in two days. And so he's like, he's like. Get the fuck out of those Eskimo clothes. Put on some white man clothes. Yeah. Here, Hughes clothes will fit you. He was a scrawny little fuck. Yeah, they, yeah, they'll give you that real nice 80s long ass. Get get those and on. And it did. It was great. 80s <laughs> flat ass. And uh, she could use some she-sheen on that ass. And... Uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, the, he's showing her around like, yeah, this is, I guess maybe, this is where he maybe jumps off. Maybe when they cleaned up, they set some sensors. I don't know why Otto and Gruder knew that Seagal was there at the same time. Didn't he call them? Didn't he get a little? No, that was the next scene. Uh, I, I, I think, no, you know what it was? They were coming by in the copter. They f- spotted the snowmobile. Oh, yes. Yeah, and right. they were like, oh, they went from on foot from here. And they're, and, like, so, and they're like, we know they only use that for emergencies. Yes. So we got they're up to something. So they, they tracked the, the steps to the cabin. And so it just happened. They got done dressing. There's no sexual tension, everybody. Nothing happened. Seriously, nothing happens with Joan Chen. There's not even, like, a glimmer. I still it's, don't know why she's in this movie. I guess, like I said, you're surrogate. That's all. Yeah, there really is no point. Uh, I mean, she even got... She carries his shit for him. That's she got, she got naked in uh, Blood of Heroes, didn't she? 
I, I don't know. So long ago, I don't remember. Yeah, so it's just like Seagal was not willing to pay her enough, or she was like, you're so repulsive. No. Uh, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with that one. Uh, but, yeah, so all the... Otto merc- shows up. These are the bad mercenaries, by yeah, the way. Yeah, this is Otto's crew. Yeah. And this is where I want to tell this Otto story. So, all right. So what happened with Sven Ole Thorsen, who plays Otto, we all know, love, from all the Schwarzenegger movies. Before they did this movie, they were I guess they were just setting up for a scene, and Seagal goes, kick me. And, he's, and, of course, obviously, if you're just some noble, he's just like... 12th lead in this movie, you know. Right. He just does a little like uh Orange Cassidy like kick to him because he doesn't uh, want to he doesn't want to lose his job. He's like, "What the fuck, man? No, seriously, kick me." And he kicks him and fucking laid out Seagal cuz it all sucks. Nice. He's always probably going to do some move. So, this is what a fucking piece of shit Steven Seagal is. So, while they're doing this scene, Seagal really punches Otto in the throat. Fucks him up. And then, it, it, according to Gall, it looked so good and so realistic that nobody could have survived that. His character got cut. His character had more shit for later in the movie, but Seagal was like, no, that, that's a perfect cut. I can't have a guy survive <laughs> that. So this guy gets seriously punched in the throat by a total cheap shot because yeah. obviously you're, you're, le- you're, le- you're leaving yourself open because you're like, yeah. You're not thinking you're going to throw a real punch. Exactly. So that's the worst of anyone. You're not expecting it. It's a stage fight. You can kill him, yeah. motherfucker. For sure. He's relying on you to <laughs> not do that. And then, like, you're done with the movie. Get the fuck out of here. That's amazing. That's a horrible story. That's <laughs> yes. amazing. But it fits his, his, his character. So, again, while Steven's taking her around the house, showing him where all Hugh jerks off and where he jerks off when they're together, um... He's like, that's where my tea mug goes. Here's the bathroom. Don't worry. I washed off his jizz. I jizzed in the toilet earlier. <laughs> I flushed it, though. <laughs> I don't know why I keep going on about this. And you, got, so, you got Jim Belushi on the brain. What the I fuck? got Jim Belushi on the brain. Uh, so after... Jizz <laughs> That one was just for us. Uh, Sorry about that. Yeah. So a- after he's done showing her how to wash jizz off the window, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, he's like, he's showing her around the place. All right, shh. Stay in. Get get in the shower. He hears a he twig hears snap. Yeah, a twi- of course, it's a twig. And then they cut to a doe also noticing it, just to show that he has the senses of a wild animal. And you just see Otto go like, oops. <laughs> and then. All hell breaks loose. He starts fucking firing. Oh no! Come on, come on! It's a little calmer than that. So three guys come in, and there's there's like the sliding porch door. There's the back door. There's the front door. But then there's also a little doorway on the second floor that someone crawls through, and that's the one. He looks at Joan Masu, and he just punches straight up, and then he takes out his gun, and he like mimes that he's gonna shoot this guy through the dick through the floor, (laughs) and they keep a close eye on that one. So he walks out, he sees the guy coming in the back door, he points a pistol, then he points the shotgun straight up, shoots the shotgun, shoots the guy through the dick, out his brain, splatters Always everywhere. Always shooting people in the dick. What's he, up with that, he, man? He, dicks. He, he loves talking, about, even more than me, about jizz, <laughs> dick, balls. He loves it. And he loves to emasculate every other man. Yes. So shoots that guy through the floor, through the dick, Shoots the other guy because, of course, everyone turns. He he didn't put the Pepsi bottle on this gun, so they heard him. <laughs> that comes up later. Uh, so he shoots the other guy. So now there's just two people left, and one of them's Otto. 
Yeah, and then so uh, I guess it's a horrible gun. Turnaround is fair play because he winds up beating Otto to death with that whale dick that yeah. they broke uh, Hughes' fingers with. It's not even a good fight. He he reverses. None of the fights are good in this, yeah. including the last one was the worst because it wasn't he, a fight. Yeah, he reverses the whole cupcake thing. Oh, we could do cupcake. You want to take a shot at me? Just grabs that whale dick and just starts beating the <laughs> shit out of him. It's like oh. I know what. Once again, fighting dirty. The man of honor always fights dirty. So. Murray, wow, we've had a lot of Seagal. Um, Aegis, do you want to you wanna get in what he's up to? Well, uh, we got our man Magruder. Magruder realizes he's in over his head. He's yeah. just like, this guy, he's unstoppable. Yeah. He, I, I don't know what to do. I'm in over my head. I can't do anything. Fucking Michael Caine just grabs him by his lapels and goes, this man is the ultimate nightmare. My God. We need to get those Nolan mercenaries. Those oh. are the best kind. Oh, my God. We got to get Stone. We got to get the Nolan mercenaries. I, ha- I My last presser with all those natives, they've been telling me the bear is coming after me. I don't know if I'm going to get gay fucked or if there's a man. They're probably referring to Steven Seagal. I don't know. I'm a, I'm terrified. So he calls in our man Arlie Emery. You know, we all know and love Arlie. You know the whole story how he became an actor, right? Who? Arlie Emery Stone. Oh, no. He was a real-life drill sergeant. Oh, okay. And he was called in to be a consultant on Full Metal Jacket. To oh. like, Because, you know, the first half of the movie is yeah, all basic yeah. training. And then uh, Kubrick's like, why don't you just fucking play the part of the drill sergeant? And he's like, all right. And that started his whole acting career. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, he's playing uh, the head of these, these Nolan mercenaries, Stone. What's going to happen when a bear meets a stone? I'm hyping this <laughs> match, man. <laughs> I don't know, but they get choppered in. So, apparently... <laughs> Apparently, much like in our uh, our movie uh, After the Fall of New York, there's like a time portal between New Orleans and and uh, Alaska, much yeah. like there was between New York and Alaska and After the Fall of New York. Yes, that he, they can chopper in, chopper in, not jet, chopper in, chopper in to Alaska in like like three hours. Three hours, it's like we're here, we're ready to go. Well, when you cut out L.A. traffic, you know, you're just there. It's no big deal. So uh, we got uh, Steven Seagal, and he's learning that Mike is planning to poison the Well, land. they go to, like, another friend, another jerk-off cabin in the woods, like an Indian friend that yeah. Seagal has. I'm just setting the stage for Yeah, him. yeah, no, you're right, you're right. And he's cool. He's got the round shades on. He's Looks like an Indian Jimmy Mouth of the South heart. He's got, like, uh, the leather tassel vest on. Of course he does. He he's opens in- it up, and he's got weapons in it, so Steven's going to him for weapons. Right. Yeah. He's like, I got a guy. He's my my gun guy. Yeah. So he's going to go get some artillery from him, but he also learns this whole plot about how uh, basically after done with the oil rig, Mike's just going to push everything. There's like a recess in it, so they're just going to push all the – actually, this happened to us in Detroit just recently. The M53 – or uh, I forget what freeway, 94 was it, with yeah. the green ooze? The green ooze, secret of the ooze. Because the guy who owned the factory just dug a hole. That's what's happening in this movie. Mike's going to dig a hole and just push all the stuff they're supposed to properly dispose of into the hole and call right. it a day. So, yeah, I mean, I'm what I'm getting from this Aegis One, the, the big oil refinery, is that it, it reminded me of – I actually used to watch this documentary recently about the Fantastic Four movie that Roger Corman did in the yeah. 90s. The whole point 
of making that movie. They, they never had any intention mm-hmm. of releasing it. It was just to keep the rights. And this them. is the exact same thing that Jennings is doing. He's building this. He knows it's a piece of shit. Yeah. But he needs to keep those rights. Yeah. So that's why he's cutting the corners. And then, so I'm guessing so then he knows it's a piece of shit. So he's like, well, I'll just use this one to dump all the waste from our oil digging in this yep. one. So Seagal is just like, I can't stand for this. I am going to blow them all the fuck up. And Masu is just like, you can't do that. What would my father think about this? Again, I guess this is the audience speaking. I, I'm at like, yeah, sure, <laughs> blow them up. I, this fuck cool. Yeah, let's do it. But she. Well, is, how would that help the? Inv- I forgot because when you blow up an oil refinery, it stops everything. Yeah, it's not. I, I, yeah, I, there will be blood. Taught us it'll stop everything. Uh, no, this movie taught there will be yeah, blood. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But uh, Stephen Skull tells her to shut the fuck <laughs> up with your spiritual bullshit. Takes that. He, he, <laughs> he just went on a vision quest. Had sex with a hot succubus, <laughs> and he doesn't believe any of it anymore. <laughs> He's like, is this your fucking fairy tales? Is that going to stop things? Is that going to help the world? I got to put your bullshit dad's beliefs behind me for a little while, honey. Toots. <laughs> Toots. Tits. He's like, put a see, little she she on this, and I might fuck you later. <laughs> you see this ugly ass amulet he gave me? And he threw it on the ground. I am going to go spit roti fuckers. And I'm going to... I'm going to make sure that they don't get a chance, because if they do, they'll fuck your whole tribe. And she's like, well, I see the... That's a great argument. I, yeah, I, I agree sure. with you. So he I'm goes, and, he goes, makes he's got his buddy's got this little armory. They're, they're all doomsday preppers up in Alaska. Gets, he's like, I need this. He's just rattling off like an expert. I need fucking Uzi 9 millimeter. Give me that katana. Give me that shuriken. <laughs> he's getting all the ninja mall shit. It's, like, it's fucking, uh, he's at Shokazuki. He's like, cabin. He's like, I need that shoe. <laughs> I need that, that. Give me the tinted yellow sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> Got to black out that blue light, man. So now we're cutting back to the Mercs. Yeah. Stone and his men. They're in a, ch- they're in a chopper. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah, who would have thought? And they're getting the all the lowdown on what a forest taff is well, about. Well, Stone, his approach to these kind of hits is, I need details. Right. I need to know what I'm the quarry that exactly. I'm chasing. We, we rattled off all of his background uh, to open the episode, but you know what? In the movie context, what's there's his mo- There's more. There's more. Because this guy's like, <laughs> Stone, you're not going to believe this. According to this, he doesn't even exist until 1987. <laughs> it's like unless he was born, born a full-grown man, which he was in the Vision Quest. We just went over. <laughs> yeah, so was. maybe he was. Maybe he was. He's like, um, he's got to work for the company, CIA. I don't know. It doesn't sound right. What else could it be? This guy is amazing. Ah. <sighs> And then they start, you just see trickles of sweat go down snows. Like, he thought this was going to be a cakewalk. Yeah. He, he's realizing that. He's in he's for like, some shit. I guess, he's like, I guess we're going to earn our money this time, boys. So we cut back to Seagal. He's got, he's got a nice little shack there uh, on the edge of the woods. Beautiful. You know, wake up, have a cup of coffee, you know, while you're working on some poetry, meditation. Just getting a hold of the bear that's in you. It's like on the side of a mountain kind of thing. And also in the shack is a lot of explosives. It's like full of C4. It's all C4. And I thought this was a detail he put in the movie, but the C4 actually says, this is explosive side point towards enemy. I was like, yeah. that's got to be a Seagal touch. It's not, apparently. Yeah, that actually is real. It's actually real. And so, yeah, he's just putting it all in. Because this, this is basically Masu's other job, just to carry the C4. Yeah. So he's oh, got yeah. a bunch of these knapsacks, and he's filling them up with C4. Yeah. 
And, and of course, he doesn't put any C4 in his because it's like uh, if you get one shot to the leg, that horse is going up. So put it in her horse. My horse is right. not explosive. Yeah, they're on horses because this is such rough terrain. You yeah. can't like drive a car. But so our bad guys are also on horses. Th- this is where uh, Sensei pulls out like a little walkie-talkie or something, and he signals. And she's like, what is that? Are you calling collect right now? Save some money? A 90s commercial reference uh, And he's like Oh I'm just sending a signal To get their attention and Then they'll come here And so sure enough He gets their attention And a copter comes Flying down Well waits. they split They split the team up So the mercs yeah, yeah, it's, not, actually, it's, not, it's not The mercenaries They have lines Are on horses Yes Because this, this is such rough terrain They can't drive yeah. up here so, yeah, so the chopper has nowhere to land, so they're just kind of surveying. Like They're not the even shack. the B squad. They're like the D squad of the militia right. here. Billy Bob Thornton is not in the D squad, by the way. <laughs> no, Billy, yeah, we got to <laughs> point out, Billy Bob Thornton plays one of the henchmen. In this. He has, like, three lines, but he, he fucking acts the yeah. fuck out of he these three lines. It. He's, 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 he's kind of not recognizable because he's kind of fat in this one. He is, and he's got a beard. Yeah. And so, copter. and he's he's wearing a hat to cover that balding. That's right. Copter comes in. Copter comes in real low, and Sensei's like, "I got him." He's got like a piece of dynamite on a fishing hook, and he like flings it around <laughs> the corner. I don't remember how he does it. He no, he it just, just had worked. the thing. He's pushed a button. Oh, he just, just pushed like, a button. Beep, and then just blow the whole shack blows up. The love shack goes all to hell, destroys the copter. I want to point out that was a real copter, which I loved. Because nowadays they would just use CGI copter and it look like shit. CGI fire always looks awful. It does. This was a beautiful shot. It probably added two million dollars to the production. Hey, good work, Sensei. Good work. And Stone is like, holy shit! Tarnation! What tarnation? So no. this is where we get the scene where they see. Like, I think because I think Seagal probably is like on the he's on the top of a cliff. Ha ha! See what I did, motherfuckers! Yeah. And it takes off. So he's, a, see, he's a step ahead of he everybody. He starts setting traps. Yeah. And I want to point out, this was such a drop-the-ball moment, which, which rarely happens with Steven Seagal. <laughs> Check this out. He should have had a scene where he killed somebody with like a bow and arrow or some shit. Like He's like hiding in the trees, and then he dropped this line. I guess you didn't see the forest for the trees. Oh, God damn it. How long have you been holding on that? You didn't even tell me about that one. You got, were waiting. You were like, I got to see Griff's reaction to yeah. this live. And it was great, wasn't I it? I hate it. I hate you, and I want you to leave. We're fuck. done. Podcast over. Go fuck yourself. That was, so, yeah, I know, because it's too good. So Steven Seagal is going to go full Home Alone here, and Forest Home Alone, Forest Taft Home Alone, and so he's he's bending branches. He's... Getting batteries out. He's got D cells and fucking trees and everything. uh, He's got a bird with a little crossbow on its back. I'm like, oh my god, this is intricate as all fuck. Caribou with a little radio. But he knows he's not dealing with any normal. He's not dealing with Magruder's goons. He's dealing with Stone's goons. He knows somehow. So well, game knows game. Game knows game knows game. Maybe they were in the company together. We don't know. Is the bear? Maybe the chief is squawking at him because chief is an eagle now. Maybe. Yeah. And so they spot it. Or do they? Because they're like, hey, there's that line right. See that, that line connected to that mouse trap? All right, boys, you see that line down there on the grass? That's a trap. <laughs> Billy Bob's like, oh, yeah, that is a trap. Man. I that, see it. I see that trap. I see, I see it. He was ad-libbing that line. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting as many lines as he could. And they're like, they they, they just tiptoe over it and fall into the real trap. Oh, shit. Well, uh, Arlie Emery Stone has that moment where he's like, what the fuck? Stop! 
And yeah, the guy it, it, that that shot of him like exp- it was weird. It was like a bunch of needles or something puncturing him. It what was, was happening? It was like that? a br- it was no, it was like a log that he chopped the branches off so they were spikes. Uh-huh. And it like swung into him. It was that very- didn't, that, that would have taken time, but not Sensei Seagal. He's a bear. Yeah, he's literally five minutes ahead of these he's guys. Five but he has ahead. time yeah. to create all these intricate traps. Yeah. And then you have the scene where Billy Bob's like, God damn, that guy's amazing. Oh, I God. wish I was like him. I'm busting a nut just looking at that kill. These traps are amazing. So, but they 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 still go, hey, I can see him right over there because he's it's cat and mouse. It, it, yeah, cat and mouse. He's, he's 20 feet away. If they got a gun out, they would just. No, they they respect him enough not to do that. They want to see the they want to see the white of his eyes. Oh, and so Seagal, he comes up to a cliff. It's probably like a three foot gap, which is impossible for Seagal himself to jump. <laughs> but he, well, stuntman forty eight is on the horseback. So him and uh, Masu jump this gap. But before he does it, he leaves a little, little present for the guys. Leaves a little yeah. knapsack, and they're like, "Hey, is there sandwiches in there? I'm pretty hungry." And then before the guy reaches for it, it just blows up, and they create a huge gap. So there's yeah. no way these guys can jump. It's impossible. But they're like, oh, don't worry. There's a path right over there. Let's just go head around. But um, they actually just head right back. Like, it sounds like they're going to go try to head him off in the woods. But no, they just retreat back to the main defense point here. Because they know where he's going. He's heading for Aegis 1, the ring. Yeah, yeah, they know where he's going. So they're like, instead of trying to fight him in the woods where he's clearly got the advantage because he's a goddamn human of a bear. Bear of a human. I can't even tell. He's a man bear. He's just... I don't mean that in the gay sex way. He's not that kind of bear. Yeah. Or maybe he is. And so... No, he was. we saw his back. It was smooth as a baby's bottom. Oh, my God. And uh, so we see that scene. He's outside, much like uh, Chuck Norris when he was reconning that... That Vietnam uh, POW camp, he's like, he's like, all right, you stay here and guard the C4. I'm going to take care of business. I got to take care of business. So he just like a, like, like a shadow. He just sneaks in, go, gets by everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so confused about this structure because there's like a rig out on a bridge like over yeah, the well, water. Well, of course it's got to be on water. We, we know that all evil happens on water. On water. Yeah. So that's the main rig he's trying to get to. But before he gets there, there's this whole there's, compound. There, well, there's the drill, the oil rig, and then there's the, the I was going to say distillery, but it's refinery. 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 Okay, so, so he's going through the refinery. He's create a diversion with the refinery first. Okay. And then he's going to work his way to the rig. Yes. So, okay, okay everybody, that's the plan. <laughs> I was watching this movie, and I was like, I have no fucking clue where we are because it goes from the woods immediately into a structure. And I was like, this yeah. is it, right? Yeah. No, he's in the refinery right He's now. in the refinery. And everybody's there. Jennings is there. Dallas Hench is there. And they're basically building up their line of defenses. Michael's trying to coordinate, like, all right, guys, we need he- we need people here. We need people here. I'm going to stay at the councils. I'm going to be pulling the levers. I'm going to be watching the cameras. I'm going to be tuning into your radios. But Sensei, I mean, of course he's not 9, 12, 13, 14 steps ahead? At least. At least. So he's, like, planning C4 as he goes. He's got Masu planning uh, C4. But here's my favorite. We're going to go into some real tech here. Is this is this where I think where he gets into the first control panel? Yeah. And there's a guy behind a door, and he sees him, and he's like, okay. Happens to see that there's a nice piss two-liter Pepsi bottle. Well, there was a ICP concert that to like for groundbreaking. Oh, for that, that makes sense. So there's all these Fago, Fago two-liter bottles. bottles everywhere. So he grabs one of those. Just happens to fit because Fago, back in the day, we had this thing where they had the wide mouth so you could pour... 
Coca-Cola faster. Do you remember that? No, I haven't had Faygo in forever. Oh, my God. They they had a bottle. Instead of having, like, the one-inch uh, diameter, they had a two-inch diameter. So you could pull pop faster because that was the thing stopping us. So he puts that two-liter or wide-gap two-liter bottle over his pistol. Gets the little duct tape out. Holds it up to the, the little window access knock, panel. Knock, knock, on the door. Guy, of course, puts his nose to it. <laughs> Who's there? <laughs> Quiet as a mouse. He is both a bear and mouse. Yeah, so he wasn't we lying. Oh, that would happen. <laughs> like a fucking plastic <laughs> pop bottle. I mean, like, I've seen, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to uh, blow uh, burst anyone's bubble, but even real-life silencers are loud. Mm-hmm. They, they're just they're just mufflers. They just muzzle the sound, but you still hear a noise. Yeah. There's no, especially not with a fucking two liter pop can. But it works Bye-bye. like a fucking charm. And then he just slowly opens the door with a credit card. Because I it was still locked. don't. I, this is what you're saying. It's still like even like the <laughs> fake physics behind it makes no sense. Like this, I got one right here. I have a one liter pop. There's no like. Let's get your gun. I'm gonna see if this works. <laughs> I got like, my Derringer right here, it's buddy. It's like this little like skinny little plastic Hold bottle. On. Here's the Derringer. Go ahead and put it over that pop bottle there, and go ahead and take try a shot. it. Holy shit! I knew it. I knew it. It only works once, though. That's what hard sucks. It only works once. But, yeah. It helps that you had a little sparkling water in there. Yeah. That helps it's, silence. Uh, it does. The carbonation muffles a lot of the sound. So he uses his credit card. He opens the door. And, of course, there's one more man in there. But he's got the edge on him because the guy didn't even notice that his buddy <laughs> collapsed and that a gun went off. His brain's four he, feet he's covered in his buddy's brain matter. He's like, what the fuck's going on back there? Oh, what? man, this ICP contract's getting crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's two days old Family! Family! <laughs> God. And it's like <laughs> there. I'm like execute this guy. Like, it's like I got your family right here. <laughs> Knife through the neck. Oh shit! Pulls it out. Happens to be there's all these metal pipes everywhere, and then there's this three inch section that's rubber, and it happens to contain the most important material, well, a very remember, flammable material. He worked for this company, so he knows every square inch of the refineries, it's and true. he knows how to sabotage. And he also knows that they cut corners here. They didn't cut a pipe long enough, so they used well, it said the rubber. Made in Mexico on the hose. So he right. knew that was. He's like, I'm going to leave that one. Yeah, and he cuts the American made one. So he cut. He cuts a hose open because there was one part that wasn't metal, it was just rubber. So he cuts it open, and then he goes over to this panel. And he notices the phone number on it, and we look at the phone number for 14 minutes. I called it. Did you call it? No. No one answers. No. It was a (laughs) seven-digit phone number, so I gave it a try. Was it 555? It was 555-1432. Okay. Why do I know that? I don't know. know. Um, So we get a little New Year's Evil uh, technology in here because he removes (laughs) some kind of capacitor, then he replaces it with a screwdriver. Right, yeah. And I don't know what reaction is going to happen here, but it can't be good. Well, I'm thinking an elevator is going to crash now. I'm waiting for the elevator scene. That's what I'm waiting for. Well, there is one. But, yeah, so he just puts a little screwdriver in there. All right, that's that's ready. You know, that, that's going to happen. And then, he, like, uh, what happens next? Oh, we learned that Mike called in the FBI because... For some reason, the FBI has to be here to make sure everything's on the up and up. I don't know. <laughs> I guess they're in charge of, like, they, they got, like, the, the timer. You have eight hours, 32 minutes, and five seconds until the land goes back to the natives. Yeah. So he's like, God damn it, we got these guys. They're here for, let's just say, legal reasons. Yeah. So 
then all of a sudden they're they're confused because like how can we kill him if the FBI are here? Like it's gonna be a big conundrum. You have to pay him off. Well, we know they're the deep state, so you know you can't trust the FBI. Yeah. So yeah, so explosions start going off ex- exactly as they planned them. Yeah, it's like clockwork. Uh, Masu has been planning these. By the way, we do not know where she planted them because we do not see her. But she will randomly know where Steven Seagal is and return yeah, to it's his life. Huge refinery. I, mean, I yeah. can like, I can buy that. Like Seagal, like he probably worked on this refinery, so he knows where everything is. But I don't know why she knows. There's not even a scene where he like draws her a map. Like a well, game there actually plan, is a scene know? later on. He does show her a map. It's but. true. You're right. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> but not on this one. That, that's for ages. He didn't yeah. have a map for the refinery. Yeah. Uh, but as all those explosions are going off, uh, Michael and crew, they're worried about the FBI. They're worried about Steven Seagal. They're worried, it, everything is going wrong. And just the last thing they need, cut to Steven. He's got Masu at his side. He whips out that cell phone. She's Big like, old block phone. Oh, my God. And she's like, you didn't dial collect. And he's like, don't worry. This is a local call. Didn't no? Didn't he say like I'm gonna reach out and touch someone? It was something. I, it was something yeah. like that. I'm gonna reach out, and touch someone, and then he grabs her breast. That was <laughs> weird. And then he and then he hits the button. Uh, That's probably why there was no nude scene. They filmed this scene first. Yeah. And he's like, I would go to a doctor. And then he hits that, and then boom! It calls to that circle panel. That screwdriver turns for some reason. I don't know. What <laughs> I don't know. And an explosion goes off, and this wakes everybody up. Yeah. And then this is, and he pulls out the map, and he's yeah, like, "All right, right, now because now the refinery's so fucked up, he thinks everyone's gonna be checking in out for him. Now they move on to the the rig." Yeah, he's telling Masu, "I need you to place explosives here. I need you to open the doors here because he's a fire expert. Right. He's Murray, the professional. They're We're gonna, gonna learn that in a minute, but he is the professional. They're gonna create a backdraft. I think. Yeah." And a so wind tunnel, as he called it. He he is giving her all the breakdown of where she needs plant explosion, open doors, everything. And then we got uh we cut to Stone. He's flipping out. The FBI's like, "What's going on here?" And he's like, "He's here." He goes to Magruder. He's fucking here. And he's gonna like he goes. He grabs fucking the guys like, but Magruder's like, "That's it's it's impossible. There's no fucking way." Yeah. We we I, Stone had to have killed him. He grabs fucking Magruder the lapels. Taft is a patron saint of the impossible and just hurls him across the room. Oh, my God. And we're like, holy shit, it's on. So now we just have the rig remaining. The FBI decided to leave because shit was getting hot and heavy. Yeah, right. They're like, we don't get paid this much to get burned alive. I'd leave, too. And finally, the fire, we're, we're like in the control panel with Mike, and he's standing over the controls. He's like, guys, it's not that bad. We just need to go here and go right. here. He's, and- still, he's just like, I got five hours, and I this land reverts back to me. Yeah. He's like, I'm not abandoning the ship. And everyone's else like, we're, we're rats, and we're abandoning the ship. So Magruder takes off. Magruder is just like, dude, I think I'm going to leave. And he's like, you can't leave. And then uh, Ivanka's oh, like, uh, no, I'm pissing the right <laughs> fuck out of here. Well, no, she's like. I'm going to go check on something. Oh, yeah. And then she just, like, takes off with Magruder. Yeah, Magruder is like, I'm going to go make sure she does what she said she's going to do. So the two of them fuck right off. Uh, but it just so happens that, you know, Steven Seagal. It has happened to bump into a Sensei Seagal. Because once again, Magruder's going to get to the chopper. That's yeah. how everybody goes goes around. In, I guess in Alaska, everyone has a chopper. Yeah. And prepare to get chopped, motherfucker. Because yeah. Seagal grabs him. And he's like, you better start praying to the patron saint of the impossible. 
And this is like once again, I'll point out how just sadistically cruel Seagal's characters are. Like, guys, just trying to get away. Like, it's it's like a fight. I mean, he I guess he did kill his buddy. He did. Uh, he doesn't know that. He knows it, but he doesn't. <laughs> he know senses it. it. He sent. He senses it. And so he goes to the back rotor and just hurls his head into the rotor. This is after the guy offered him information. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, I got all I need to know. I got all I need to know. And during this time, Ivanka pissed off. You know, she this got is, away and she got is, into a yeah. car. This is where we're thinking, okay, this is the point of having Joan Chen because – Sensei Seagal, he's not going to kill a woman. That's a yeah. cowardly. I mean, kicking guys in the balls, doing like totally dirty ass fighting, beating together the whale dick. That's totally okay. That's above board. But you never hit a woman. So exactly. I thought we were thinking, okay, this is Joan Chen's time to shine. She's going to kill the woman. Yes. No, no. Uh, so she's driving, and you're like, we're on an oil rig. Where's she going to go? And like, there's pipes everywhere. There's no room for a car. There's barely room for a helicopter. How's there room for a car to get around? Well, there isn't. She drives into a gas tank. Yeah, she just fucking pulls back once forward right into a gas tank. So we see the... We see her face her, is all bloody for Yeah, we reason. see her crash into it. Her face is fucked up, and she's just like, I should have taken a ride at Albuquerque. Nice Bugs Bunny call back there. And then it explodes, and she's dead. I think, I think he should have said... <laughs> I guess he didn't see the forest for the pipes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like that one better, actually. Oh, man. So we get to we get to an elevator now. Yeah, she's oh. horrible. That's my point. She's horribly burned alive. That's, yeah, I mean, she's horribly burned alive. Yeah. Good call, Murray. Okay. Thanks for bringing that up. Okay. Well, I'm just pointing out what a sadist our fucking hero is. And so we get to Billy Bob, the real hero hench of this movie. And he's just standing with another guy, and they're guarding an elevator. You see that nitrogen he had? I think I'll get me one of them nitrogens. They're pretty sweet, aren't they? <laughs> they're just talking shop. That they're named Chen. While that's going on, they're guarding this elevator. It's the elevator to the like where uh, Michael Jennings is and yeah. the control panel. There's no staircases anywhere. They have one entrance to protect. They're like, and, this is easy pickings. And this we've is- already used the screwdriver, so there's no controlling this. This uh, oh or is there? You could because say, we see uh, our man Jennings and Masu, and I'm mad Jennings. We see uh, Sensei and Masu go into the elevator, and they they get the they make sure to put that explosive pointing outwards, not inwards. Yeah, and we're like, <laughs> okay, oh. and then the door closes. Like, okay, they're going up into the elevator. Okay, yeah, I get yeah. it. And then we cut back to Billy Bobby's. He hears the elevator come up. Hears the things like it shall be easier than eating French fried potatoes. They start shooting the fuck out of that elevator. Nothing happens. Door opens. Boom. Yeah, they faked him out. Sensei's not on that elevator. No. He took the stairs. So, uh, Sensei, he's going to get himself over to that rig control panel. And he's just like, he's doing all of his best chi work. This is how he interacts with women's <laughs> yeah. uh, sexual parts. He's just slapping yeah, at This is knobs. literally, turn every knob in the room. I love this. A- this is our 75th stunt double because he had couldn't get his hands in there touching knobs. He's like, fingers were too chubby. Like, he couldn't move them. <laughs> I didn't want to close up on my hands and my fingers. They're a little fat these days. So he's like, it's basically like a star, a panel from Star Trek. He's just turning knobs and buttons. Yeah. They Dilithium have, crystals are going on. They, they didn't even have the detail enough to put scribbling notes on what they were. They're blank. He's just, it's a fucking four-year-old's toy. And, well, it's also yeah. Steven's a golf toy. <laughs> 
And he, he walks out the room. He's like, all right. He comes up with mom. Everything's set. While he's talking to her, our man, Arlie Emery Stone, he emerges from like an oil split. He just comes out of his oil, like covered in oil. That's right. And he's got a shotgun. And like, what? This is such a classic goal. He gives Arlie nothing to do. He literally just offhand, like, like without even looking at Arlie, grabs the shotgun, spins it around, shoots Arlie, <laughs> kills him. I'm going to tell you, honestly, I did not even notice the scene. Yeah, that's did what he does. It notice. was the most nonchalant murder of the main I reali- henchman. I realized like five minutes ago, I was like, I don't know how Arlie dies. Yeah, that's how it happened. Mm. And then he starts, I guess... He starts releasing gas, so the guys can't use their guns. They're like, "It's flammable. Can't use our guns." We can't oh. use- when you hear that, you know Sensei's like, "Bing!" He's like, "I am a keto master." Exactly. You had to have that one scene where he shows I'm off. I'm so a glad I went into the Shokazugi closet and grabbed these ninja stars. And oh fuck, I lost them. I'll have to do this hand to hand. While that's going on, so he's hand to hand and go. He finds a pipe. We see the. Of course he does. He always finds something like a plank, like a kendo stick or something. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't use the pool cue earlier in the movie, yeah, so yeah. he's like, I can use a pipe yeah. later because I didn't, didn't use a pool exactly. cue. Earlier. He didn't want to telegraph it. Yeah. And while we see, we also see the readout nine minutes before this this whole rig set to blow. Yeah, in, the, in that super flammable room, he sets a bomb it's like, up. Beep, beep. And of course, the countdown. Masu somehow returns to him. I. I want to see the director's cut of what Masu's doing during this whole time. I think her adventure is interesting. While that's going on, Michael Caine, he's like, apparently, I see that he has to turn a wheel to, like, yeah, start the ring. Yeah, he looked like a real oil man. This is very much There Will Be Blood. They stole this scene, too, where the evil henchman is turning a crank and... <laughs> and uh, he's, like, twirling his mustache while he's doing it. <laughs> and, like, Seagal's like... He's still going to put it online. He's crazy. And so he kills all the henchmen with his, his fucking pipe. Yeah, it's just it's just Mike, Masu, and, uh, you know, Sensei now. And they, Yeah, they, they bump into each other. These, and, they, and then the light, like, I was expecting, okay, now we're going to get a, a stunt double 512 of Michael Caine yeah. getting his arm broken. and be, He didn't break one arm in this movie, I don't think. No, he did. He absolutely did. He? did. Yeah. I don't, I don't in the bar scene, before he threw the kid through the window, he broke an arm. Actually, there's a minute here uh, with the pipe fight. There was a random guy drops the gu- he drops the pipe to square up. They get a really small stunt man because, of course, they mean to make uh, Seagal look larger than life. Right. He is big. He is big. He's a menacing presence. He's a man bear. Yeah, he is a man bear. Oh. So they get this really small stunt coordinate or stunt uh, uh stunt. He's a dwarf. Yeah, and uh. He breaks his arm, and then there is a very— Was it Vern Troyer? I'm not kidding. It's not Vern Troyer. I'm not kidding at all. R.I.P. It's, it's actually Marco. I can't remember his last name. Marco Stunt? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's Marco yeah. Stunt from AEW fame. Uh, but no, he grabs him by the arm, and he breaks it, and then there's randomly a little like outlet in the whole rig compound with a glass window that he throws him to. Yeah. I wish I were making that up. So— Michael came. At this point, it's gonna give him a sweet speech. Boris Taft is just like, I guess uh, Seagal's like, <gasps> he's like wheezing. He's like, I can't have a final fight. We just so you're right, Michael Caine. He he starts. He's just goading him again. He's it's flashback to the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and we learned 
that you can say whatever you want about Sensei Seagal. You don't talk about the Native Americans. Yes. He called her a fucking slut. I see you've been banging this little slut here. And he was not yet. And then he gra- they're, they're like on a catwalk. And he grabs like a chain and ties it around Michael Caine's leg. Yeah. And then throws him out like over the edge. And there's like a t- uh, there's like a pool of oil below. Yeah. Oh, this opened. Yeah. This is a really poorly constructed oil. I'm glad he stopped this. OSHA. Rig. Well, they said EPA, OSHA, all of them do not approve of everything <laughs> about the rig. So. But as long as he got it under time, he keeps those. He does. He calls it the Fantastic Four, you know, clause. Exactly. So, and then they just dump him in the oil. And that's it. That's the last year we see of Michael Caine. You get to hear Masu deliver a line. I told you I would see you die. Why not let her kill him? No, can't for the have love that. of can't God, have that. please. So, um, they get the revenge for the chief. Masu's happy. Steven looks over and goes, "We need to run." Fast. <laughs> we get a cut of him finally running, and it's not much better. <laughs> you just see the upper part of his body, and then you see a stunt double's <laughs> legs like running real quick. <laughs> and then, and then they get in a truck, and they the truck jumps, leaps right at the last minute when the explosion goes. And then that just—I don't know how this stops like a whole total environmental collapse, but it does. No, somehow. it just does. It just does. So that's it, man. The movie's over with. We saved the world. It's it's, it's over, right, Griff? Oh, well, Murray, we're at about the 120 mark of the movie. It is actually 140. It is a... What else can we do? I mean, is he going to bang her for 20 minutes? I, mean, I wish. I can't, I, I'm big on Joan Chen. I'm just going to leave it there. Okay. No. Uh, actually, it would have been worse to see that because then I would have to see... A stand-in for Steven Seagal and Joan Chen. I know. You want to see his real nude body. You're like, I'm not going to watch this. <laughs> yeah, I really want to see uh, Steven Seagal's nude heaving body. Heaving on top of her, whale blubber. Uh, no, we're going to go to the Alaskan State Hall where Steven Seagal is going to give what most people recognize as to be the plot of Inconvenient Truth. Yeah, I noticed that too. I cannot believe. I mean, I always thought Al Gore was a scumbag and a liar. But he actually stole the whole premise of Inconvenient Truth from the the final 20 minutes of On Deadly Ground. I'll have you know, I watched Inconvenient Truth for the first time like two months ago. And a lot of the cuts they did for the movie here were in Inconvenient Truth. Right. Well, you saw he had a slideshow just like Al Gore. Yeah. And And you mean Al Gore had one just like Steven Seagal? Yes. Yeah. And... Um, he's just rattling off statistics, and it's where I want to just point out that, like, uh, you know, we love ripping on Steven Seagal because he's a piece of shit. He is, but even a broken clock is right two times a day. Exactly. So he is technically only Steven Seagal can make me go fuck the environment, like, because he's such a douche. And it, obviously, it's, it's actually. The test audience felt the same way yeah. because originally this technically this is actually only like like a twelve minute finale. Yeah, yeah. It was like twenty five minutes originally in the original cut, and everyone was like "fuck this shit," and they had to like cut it down. But he he gives you all the statistics about how the you know oil companies do whatever they want, which they do. I mean, I want to let everybody know outside of Flint, they're still having to get by water to drink. It's you still know, fucked up in Flint. There was a big uh, progression in that where the Supreme Court was like, the citizens could basically sue. Well, they should. 
for uh, all the inaction by the and, administration. Yeah, and nobody went to jail, by the way. So yeah. he's rattling off, uh, shockingly rattling off some truth at the end of this movie. Yeah. And it's just this, you know, it's the shit we all know. You've seen, you know, inconvenient truth. If you, if you believe in science, yeah. you agree with it. It's him. very anti-big corporation. He's, ra- he's doing a Bernie speech, basically. AOC yeah. slash Bernie speech slash Greta Thornburg. And you would not expect this out of a 1994 movie for a guy who loves Putin, hangs out with Trump, fucking you know basically fucks Joe, Joe Arpaio. It was because he didn't get the... He's like, where's his Nobel Peace Prize? Al Gore took his Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, so that's why he turned to the other side. Yeah. He now just, he is Michael Caine from this movie. Or... Or... Maybe Sensei Segal, because he is a Zen master, maybe he's manipulating them. Oh, my God. He's living out a movie. He went, He's on the inside. He is Forrest Taft right now in real life. Deep undercover. Oh, my God. Guys, this is real life. I can't wait. We've to seen see. what influence he is on Kim Jong-un. Yeah, so, I, can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. So, guys, don't fucking worry about the environment. Sensei Seagal has it covered. Oh, don't worry. To close out the movie here, he gets off the stage. All the natives give him a rounding uh, applause. They make him the chief of the tribe. They They're do like, like a ceremony. He gets they, his official Indian name, Man they, Bear. They touch him with the feather, and he goes into another fucking like uh, 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 trance vision quest. Tr- tr- vision quest. And this and then, time he gets the succubus. This time he gets the succubus and Joan Chan at the same time. Right. Double teams. And it's great. Murray, under two hours. We did it. Well, we... Did we expl- we mentioned it, but then there's an after credit scene. I don't remember yeah. what it was, but they were in a boat. Yeah, they were in a boat. That's it. <laughs> and then they said, I wonder what Iron Man would think about this. And then Ooh. it just goes, a big question mark. Marvel stealing from Steven Seagal. Not Mexican Iron Man either. Yeah. So, yeah. Whew. There you have it, people. Asking you shall receive. We gave you. You wanted some Steven Seagal. We gave it to you. We wanted Steven Seagal. It was such a good, good, good time. We love kicking him when he's down, up, and in between. Oh my god, he's a piece of shit. And his giant cupcake balls. But you know who has real balls, Griff? Who? I don't know because we decided what movie we're doing next week yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I told you we can do that. Okay. So. As everybody in America knows, February is Black History Month. Of course. And as everyone who has non-cupcake balls knows, February is Black Exploitation History Month on, in the ye old Golden Globus Theater. Yeah, and point out that February is the shortest month of the year, so we usually tack on an extra Well, week. no, because here's the thing, Rip. We don't let the man tell us exactly. when Black Exploitation History Month happens. Thank we you. decide, and we've decided next week it starts. And Griff, do we have a movie for you guys? Not only did this man write one of the greatest Black Exploitation soundtracks of all time, not the greatest, Superfly is the greatest. He starred in some of the greatest black exploitation movies of all time. And we're going to start out. He's the Duke of New York. He's a number one. The Duke of New York. A number one. Of course, we're talking about Mr. Isaac Hayes. Oh, shit, yeah. In the classic movie, Truck Turner. And I also want to point out, if you ever, if we have any Star Trek fans out there, we're Star Trek fans. Yeah. And you ever wondered, you know what, Lieutenant Uhura, she's cool and all, but 
what would she be like if she was a, a madam that dropped the end bomb every other word? Oh, Jesus. Well, you're going to find out because <laughs> actress Nichelle Nichols, who played Lieutenant Uhura, plays a madam in this movie. And you've never heard Lieutenant Uhura like you've heard her in this movie. <laughs> so it's a great time to be alive. Next month, Black Exploitation History movie starts out with a bang and not a whimper. And keep it black, y'all.